Thank you for downloading the Barbecue Central Show. The Barbecue Central Show is supported in part by these great sponsors. The Barbecue Guru, makers of automatic pit temperature control devices and barbecue pits. Their website is thebbqguru.com. Also, Butcher Barbecue, maker of injections, rubs, and sauces. Their website is butcherbbq.com. And by Big Papa Smokers, your one-stop online shop for anything in the barbecue and grilling industry to include world championship winning rubs. Their website, bigpapasmokers.com. And by Cookshack, maker of pellet and electric cookers. You can visit them at cookshack.com. Also, Chops Power Injector System. Three different size injectors to choose from. Find out more at barbecuekansascity.com, and that's barbecue, B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E. And by Pit Barrel Cooker, one of the most unique and versatile cookers out there on the market. Visit them at pitbarrelcooker.com. And by Smithfield, the biggest name in pork, bringing you great opportunities this barbecue season. Get Smokin' with Smithfield and their grant program and committed cooks program. Learn more at smokinwithsmithfield.com. And by Green Mountain Grills, some of the finest pellet cookers on the market. Their website, greenmountaingrills.com. Also by Cookin' Pellets, manufacturer of wood pellets to fire wood pellet cookers. Their website is cookinpellets.com. You can also purchase on Amazon.com as well. And finally, by Unknown Barbecue Supply, makers of lid hinges, chimney grillers, and much more. You can visit their website, unknownbbq.com slash shop. Use promo code REMPY for 15% off your entire order. Hey, what's up? This is JM, host of the Celebrity Grill Podcast on iTunes. And you're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Network. All barbecue and grilling, all the time. Hey, what's up? This is JM, host of the Celebrity Grill Podcast on iTunes. And you're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Network. All barbecue and grilling, all the time. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. This is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. And we broadcast live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday. we got a jam-packed show tonight. The likes... None of us has ever seen before. I'm going to get to that here in a second. However, if you feel the need to jump in on the show tonight, you want to lob a phone call, you want to lob an email, I would love to have you, and here's how you do it. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. On the Twitter and Instagram, said BBQ Central Show. All right, everything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. 
And here's what's happening in case you need to get the newsletter that went out about 4 o'clock this afternoon. This is the fourth Tuesday of the month, February. This is the last day. By the way, I'm remiss to not mention right off the top, this is Tuesday. So for at least the last 10 years that I've been doing the show, nine years, we've broadcasted on every Tuesday that there has ever been. So I wish you a very happy... And if you are down with celebrating, then just get with it. Stuff patch keys or punch keys or whatever in your mouth. Get sloppy drunk, fall out, black out. Not the blacking out before the show. But enjoy your Tuesday all night long because tomorrow you have to give it all up and not be as as you were today. So happy Tuesday. Whatever. All right. It is the fourth Tuesday of the month, and that means that potentially <laughs> in 12 minutes from now, although I have had zero communication with him, not per his request, I did follow up with him earlier today, with the Keeper of the Flame from AmazingRibs.com, Max Good. He may or may not be in. I have no idea. If you're a fan of AmazingRibs.com, you would know that starting last Thursday, through, I believe, yesterday, they were doing Meathead in Paradise, where Meathead led a bunch of uh, Pit Master Club members and anybody else that was a fan of like Grill Grace. There was this whole thing going on where you could buy a trip out to Green Grand Turtle K or Green Turtle K somewhere in the Bahamas, I think. I was going to go there, but then I was like, you know what? That means leaving the country. There's no way I'm going to do that. It's dangerous out there. People, It's beautiful. It's paradise. Hell no. People want to hurt Americans. Watch it. It's America. No, it's not. It's not America. It's weird, and I'm not going there no matter how blue the water is, whether Meathead wants to take me or not. So I didn't go, but he went. He was streaming live on the Facebook at least three or four times during that whole deal, maybe more. And it looked like they were having a great time, and I'm very happy that they were in the Bahamas in paradise, having a great time with Meathead in paradise, and the Grill Greats guys, and Pibrell Cooker was there as well. And I'm very much looking forward to getting a recap, maybe, with Max Good, because I believe he was there as well. And we might be able to talk about some of the new products that he is getting his hands on, because Max is the official grill and smoker reviewer for AmazingRibs.com. And then for the balance of the show, rarely do I have one in-studio guest. Tonight we've thrown caution. Here's the wind. We've thrown caution like right there. And we have no less than three in-studio guests tonight. From now, a well-established... And might I say, reputable, doing it only the best way possible. Barbecue restaurant on which I guess, depending on if you're familiar with Cleveland or not, it is technically west of 71, and we all know what that means. Eastsiders are not interested in going there. We do not cross the 71 threshold by choice. It's just the way we're brought up. But if we're feeling venturous, we'll go out there. It's right in Parma, right off a of Ridge Road. You go uh, west, and then you make the left on Ridge and go up maybe a mile, mile and a half or whatever. It is. And it's right off there to the left. You can't miss it. It's one of the best barbecue restaurants in Cleveland right now. If there are three barbecue restaurants that I am recommending, 
if you happen to make it to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city. It is if you're going to be downtown, it's Mabel's Barbecue. If you're going to be farther west in Lakewood, it's the Proper Pig. And if you're going to be in Parma, let me make sure I have everything ready here. It's these guys. Hey! Right now, I'm unmuting everybody here. I'm and I'm also remuting everybody while I'm unmuting everybody. Good. Uh, it's bar barbecue. 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 <laughs> it's got a Jamaican flair to it. It does have a little Jamaican flair yeah. to it. Okay. Bar. How do you say it? Barra Biku. Barra, kind of like Barra Barrio. Biku. Barra Biku. So let's see. If you're looking at the TV, I'm trying to make sure that I say this right. All the way to your right is Danny. Raise your hand. There's Danny. John's in the middle. John's wife, Barry, is to John's right or my left as I'm looking at the television. And here they are for the whole show. Yay. You guys couldn't seem more excited. <laughs> no, no, this is going to be great. All right, so let me uh, split screen us so we can kind of almost see everybody. You know, one of the ongoing, not jokes, but truths of the show is I send the helicopter out, pick you guys up at the landing pad that I had installed out there on the west side, flew you guys into the Barbecue Central Show compound, and people are always wondering, is it really as big as you say it is? Is it really city blocks in length and girth? All and the I'm stories talking, are true. Yeah, so huge. Yeah, you know, definitely not lying. Yeah. So, I mean, what do you think from just from a high level of the service quality and transportation so far? And we're not even talking about the show yet. Um, we were all very impressed on our way in. Yeah, definitely um, a, a big five star review from me. First class. First yeah. class, definitely. Is it a five star on Yelp? Because I need a five star on Yelp to get me going. <laughs> yes, I will definitely give you a five star on Yelp. I would say so. All right. So, ten stars. We have a lot to talk about this evening. Uh, let me just say this before we get to the first break, and then we could be carrying a full two hours. I have no idea if Max is in or not. I don't know if you guys are as nervous as I am. I'm sweating on the inside. I have to maintain the professional <laughs> exterior. Uh, last week, I had Dennis McGrath on talking about his win last week at the uh, guinea pig. And I made an error that I feel I need to rectify uh, just because I like to maintain 100% correctness. If I'm not being 100% correct as it's happening, I like to go back and correct the name of the event is actually the Smithfield Guinea Pig presented by Big Papa Smokers. I did not say the beginning. I did not say the end. I did say the Guinea Pig. <laughs> and this was also kind of uh, renamed and kind of dedicated to uh, a really great Left Coast pitmaster, Matt Dalton from Left Coast Q, who had passed away uh, later last year and was kind of instrumental in putting – California barbecue on the map, especially when it comes to the competition circuit. So they wanted to do uh, a nice memorial for him. He had a, a big impact on a lot of those people out there. And uh, so I just wanted to make sure that I got that right. Uh, Smithfield guinea pig presented by Big Papa Smokers, uh, the Mad Dalton Memorial. Hey, one out of three isn't bad, right? I mean, it's great odds. It's phenomenal. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I agree. Yep. One of the other things that was brought to my attention, I have this. I don't know, guys, if you're familiar with the rules of the show. I know you guys are big fans, but I don't expect everybody to know the intimate details. But there are uh, rules of the show. Rule number one of the show is as follows. These might sound familiar to you. Uh, no names, please. Of course, you cannot use anybody's name unless you feel like it. Uh, rule number two 
don't get hooked. Don't let somebody pull you into a fight or, uh, you know, brood you into making a terrible reaction or mistake or whatever. We don't want to do that. Rule number three, maybe the most important. If it's free, it's me. <laughs> I love the free. And this is rule number four that was brought to my attention that I totally forgot about. If the meat is good, something good is going to happen. Of course. Makes sense. And then solid rule. everybody loves the newest rule, rule number five, which is uh, don't snappy snap on the Snapchat. <laughs> of course. You guys knew that. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, maybe Max Good coming up out of the break. We'll see here in just one second. John, Barry, and Danny also in studio. Uh, Folks, if you didn't know, Big Papa Smokers is the one-stop online shop for anyone interested in barbecue, featuring a comprehensive selection of American-made grills, spices, sauces, accessories, even a kit that gives you everything you need to make a world-class smoker out of a 55-gallon drum. Big Papa Smokers has made a name for itself by winning almost every major barbecue championship with their rubs. BPS also banded together with fellow California-based rub maker Simply Marvelous Barbecue to form what has now become known as the West Coast Offense. Defying conventional wisdom, these two California-based rub makers have cornered the market on competitive barbecue and begun to uh, redefine the flavor profile that competitive cooks from across the country have begun to aim for. They've even created two of their own unique competitions. The King of the Smoker, which brings the best of the best in barbecue in a head-to-head back-to-basic style, King of the Smoker unique in the fact that contestants are not able to use the electric devices such as pellet cookers or pit minders. Contestants just allowed to use charcoal wood in their wits to win one of the most high-stake barbecue competitions around the other one that was held a couple weeks ago, the Guinea Pig. That's a cost-controlled event that helps bring in newcomers to the world of barbecue. It also features prize distribution all the way down to 10th place in each category which helps provide incentive to get new competition cooks into the world of competition barbecue and to keep the savvy vets. On top of all that, Big Papa has created a unique brand ambassador program called the BPS Elite Team, featuring 15 of the best competition teams in the country working together to promote camaraderie, competition barbecue, and to benefit children's charities across the U.S. Keep in mind, Big Papa's has been able to do all this with only six years of being in the business, Turning competition barbecue world on its head, creating their own unique competitions, becoming a staple of a nationwide restaurant chain, that being BJ's Restaurant and Brewhouse, and benefiting children's charities across the U.S. Just the beginning for Big Papa Smokers and the website BigPapaSmokers.com. That's BigPapaSmokers.com. All right, let's see. Where's my Skype at? I'm just going to type in Max Good and see if he's... Oh, all right, well... Uh, who knows what we might get coming up out of the break. It might be Max Good himself. We might be going right over to the in-studio guests to run a total of two hours. Either way, it's going to be great. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central show right here on the Barbecue Central Networks. Stick around. We'll be right back. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. 
Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back to the show. This portion being brought to you by Smithfield. You love to barbecue, you love to compete, you love to win, do all three with help from Smithfield. Since 1938, Smithfield has been producing high-quality fresh pork products, and they now invite you to get smoking with Smithfield. Are you an organizer of a nonprofit, community, or sanctioned barbecue event? Apply to the new grant program that helps support competitions across the U.S. with resources and prize money. But that's not all. If you're a competitor, you can join the Committed Cooks program, members who commit to cooking with premium. Hand-trimmed Smithfield fresh pork, grill-receive swag, and other great prizes. Commit to cook with Smithfield and see what's going on in barbecue at SmokinWithSmithfield.com. That's Smokin with smithfield.com all right well i can already tell we are off to not a great start with max good try him one more time but it's not looking great smoking with smithfield.com that's the uh, website by the way i had been in contact with him uh, i guess which would be uh, during the weekend and he's like hey the internet's not great in the bahamas can we touch base on monday I'm going to have some stories to talk about Meathead in Paradise, all this stuff. It appears Meathead is not going to be in Paradise at all. all right, I'm not leaving a message for that method. Would That message would be scathing, by the way, if I would leave it. So <laughs> I'm doing him a favor by not leaving one at all. All right. Well, if he gets around to it, we'll go ahead and get back with him. All right, gang. So here we are with John Barry and Danny. And I'd mentioned in the open that it is one of the three barbecue restaurants that I will recommend. Well, thank you for that. Yeah, we appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks. So let's start from the very beginning. We got a lot of stuff to get to here with you guys. So first, and I guess we'll start with uh, Danny and then we'll work middle and then uh, we'll end with Barry to start cool. with. Culinary background. Are you guys... Uh, trained chefs? Have you gone to the Culinary Institutes of Americas or the non-Americas, as it were? Uh, what's your background in food, Danny? Um, I went to Polaris uh, Vocational School in high school. And then right out of Polaris, I went to Johnson & Wales University in Providence, Rhode Island. Ooh. Yep. And um, I've been doing it since I was 14 years old um, in professional kitchens. So about 20, 21 years now I've been cooking. Johnson & Wales is like yep. the... Is it the premier like food school to go to or one of the premier? It's one of them. That and CIA. Um, the year that I went, it was rated number one. That's why I chose to go there. What separates? Um, they were a little more advanced in their business side of the curriculum. And, um, you know, as well as having, I think, at my campus, there was four master chefs. So I decided to go there. So you've done a lot of professional kitchen work. You have That's where the, the boatload of experience is? Um, well, not from culinary school, no. from, you know, culinary school is a great platform. Um, you know, you're only going to get what you put into it, but, uh, working in kitchens throughout the country has really, you know, helped me a lot. And you've been through it all line cook. Uh, have you been to like executive chef level yet? Or I was an executive chef when I was 21. Really? Yes, sir. Smell you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Where at? Uh, I was running all the sushi rock restaurants when I was 21. Douchey rock. Yep. Oh man. That's awesome. Yeah. So are you, um, 
not to ask the dumb question here, but it's my show, so I will. Go ahead. Are you were you just a huge fan of Sushi Rock, or um, was it just that was the job that was open? You were interested to get an executive chef title. Like, what's the deal? I was um, working at Johnny's at the time, and uh, I didn't. I wouldn't say I outgrew it, but I was looking for you know something a little more, something that paid better too. And uh, the opportunity came up, so I jumped at it. There is a uh, a large association with a lot of hours of work when it comes to kitchen work at any level, I guess. Uh, Did you find that to be the case at Sushi Rock? Oh, yeah. That was definitely the case. How many joints were you over? I was overseeing three restaurants. Wow. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then, well, we'll get into the barbecue stuff. (laughs) Uh, Have you always had a passion for barbecue? Yeah, I've always enjoyed it. You know, from family cookouts to just doing it with friends. And uh, I got a couple of buddies who are really into it, too. So, you know, it kind of just took on a life of its own. Uh, John, as a little boy, did you grow <laughs> up in a household that you would say was kitchen friendly? Did mom like or dad grab you and say, hey, let's go in the kitchen and make something from scratch? Or like, where does your love of food begin? I'm, I'm a fat kid and I like to eat. <laughs> <laughs> so that yeah. I think that... From a young from a young age, I mean, my family was in the kitchen all the time. Like that's that's one of the like the easiest ways for family to spread love. You know, it was just with with good food. So I mean, we came up with lots of both. Was mom or dad the primary cook, or both, uh, def- or what? Definitely mom. I was gonna say I mean, definitely Carrie. Yeah, she she t- she took care of everything. She was a single mom, and uh, she just. I mean, she cooked all the holidays. She was she was awesome. Oh yeah, definitely. Did so. she have a particular uh, niche as far as a cuisine, or was she uh, just a great overall cook? Whatever, like whatever she had in the cupboard, she always made work. <laughs> yeah, you know, she was a uh, definitely a scratch cook. I'll say that. You know, she did. She made all of her own sauces. She, you know, she baked bread. She made pizza dough. She was awesome. John, where does your professional culinary situation started you go to school for that yeah i went to pennsylvania culinary institute um got my certificate there and then started working for zach brule in cleveland and just kind of bounced around and learned from a lot of good chefs and a lot of people who were a lot smarter than me that's for sure uh uh, not to put you on the spot but have you also attained uh, some type of executive chef level in your career yeah i mean i've had titled chefs around cleveland and around like other restaurants in the country i just don't the title chef thing doesn't impress me. Good food impresses me. Like a really solid staff that I can lean on impresses me way more than a title. You know, we've had lots of good camaraderie, me and Danny in the kitchen. So that's one of the reasons why it works so well for us. There's not a pecking order in the restaurant. We just, like, work just gets Dude. done. Let me ask you both this, since you're you're both, you, you can both be technically called chef. It, there's people in the barbecue world, whether it be competition pit masters or what, they have not gone to culinary school. They have not been classically trained by any stretch of the imagination. And yet they, uh, I don't know if it's like given to them by self or by other people out of some type of a respect, chef. And that, to me, that seems maybe a little disrespectful. If you haven't put in the work, you haven't gone to school and you haven't done that training and come up that way, those are the people that should be called chef not just because i i mean i could call myself chef but i mean what the hell i think at least at least for me personally like i i call i'll say i'll call somebody chef if they're in a position of you know authority in the restaurant that i'm working in or somebody that who's been a mentor to me that i have a lot of respect for 
uh, colleague that I have a lot of respect for, but like in that environment, I mean, you know, I don't know that the word chef really plays a lot of, uh, forward role in a barbecue restaurant per se. I mean, maybe a really big barbecue restaurant like Mabel's, I'm sure that somebody is probably the chef. Like there's one guy that's in charge of everything, but like a smaller operation, like, like what we have, we just, you know, we just kind of roll with the punches. There's no, I don't know, like Tanny's not the executive chef and I'm not the sous chef or vice versa. We just kind of make all the pieces fall into place. Yeah. And also, I mean, you know, when you're going to school, you're paying for that too. A lot of people who haven't gone to school, um, could be considered better cooks or chefs than people who have gone to school. It's all what you really put into it and the, the knowledge you acquire. You know, yeah. some of the, some of the best chefs that I've or some trained. of the best cooks I've ever seen in my life, not even chefs, are just guys that have been in the fire for that long and are just just doing it, starting yeah, off just, as dishwasher and yep. working their way up. You know. Yeah, I guess my thought was like if you are like active military and you see another active military member coming by you and you see whatever rank they have on their sleeve or on their, you know, you're calling them sergeant or I didn't mm-hmm. know if that was like a similar thing in the kitchen. Uh, I mean, you know? I, I, I can say this, like if, if Mario Batali walked past me in the kitchen <laughs> or, you know, like, Hey, how you doing chef? Like, yeah, that definitely like guys that have gotten to that kind of level definitely have earned people's respect. You know, would you call Guy Fieri chef? Ah, uh, oh. would. Uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I, at, this, at this point I would have to, I mean, he's, He's paid his dues. I mean, people can say whatever they want about him, but he owns multiple restaurants across the country. He's a Food Network personality, a Food Network chef. Yep. He's made his niche on on the American culture as far as what people expect when going out to eat. So, yeah, I think I, mean, I think chef definitely would be a yeah, good word to Yeah, that would be a good word to to describe guy. All right. Uh Barry, what's your culinary background? Uh I actually am the only one without uh cooking skills in the group. I uh I started actually front of house uh serving I was a hostess for a while. I bartended for a long time. Uh so I've slowly since being with John have learned um you know minor kitchen skills. I can get by, but I'm <laughs> definitely no no chef that is for certain. When uh when John comes home, uh will he that's always a weird question. It, it seems like the guys that or gals that do it for a living, there is a stigma or stereotype that once they get home, they want to do the exact opposite. Is John a cooker when he gets home? Uh, well, yes and no. Uh, it can go either way. It depends on how the day is gone. Uh, there are definitely days where he is he's done. You know, there's nothing he could possibly do, or like we'll convince him to cook in the house. Uh, so you know, we end up making pizza rolls or something. Uh, but you know, there are definitely other days where he definitely will whip up a, a pretty nice meal for us. He seems more inspired on some days. Is what yeah, you're definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Usually our days off. All right. So, yeah, um, I'm really inspired on days yeah. off <laughs> because I really love uh, the story and background. Uh, bring us back to a love story of John and Barry and where you two meet and, and oh. how it all begins. Oh goodness. We Everybody we, wants to know. Because look, I mean, the bottom line is you guys, you guys work together. We, yeah, you we, are we, together we, a lot, right? We are together we all are. day, every day. Yeah. So yeah. We, I mean, we met in a little diner on Lorraine. Like, oh god, yeah. I want to say almost six years ago. Yeah. I was a waitress, and he would come in with his buddies and stuff and hang out. And when I stopped working there, I uh, ended up working, I think, downtown at a comedy club, and he searched for like I think three and a half, four years to find out where I was working. <laughs> and uh, finally found me uh, working at a bar on the east side. He lived right up the street and he came in with a buddy one day and 
I was so drunk by the time her boss, her, <laughs> bo- her boss was like, her it was bo- so no, bad. No, no. Her boss was like six hours late and coming said, into work. He sat at this bar for like eight oh hours waiting for me to get off How much whiskey work. can one person drink in six hours? Yeah. So how much? Enough. It was a is lot. The it was a lot of whiskey. <laughs> enough whiskey. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, so you were smitten. In his uh, drunken stupor, or what? Uh, no, I mean, it was over a course of eight hours, so we had a plenty of time to talk, and yeah. we'd uh, known each other, obviously, previously. Um, so, you know, it all kind of just fell into place, right time, right place kind of thing. So how long have you guys been married? I don't know, two years. Four yeah. or five weeks. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, four or five weeks. <laughs> yeah, about two years. Danny, what about you? What's going on with you? What's a love life like? I'm single right now, actually. Ready to mingle? Single, ready to mingle. Right. Party time. <laughs> ladies, ladies, call in. <laughs> if you don't want a horse meat t-shirt, maybe you can get a date with Danny. He's a barbecue master. Um, all right, so uh, do you and uh, do Barry and John know Danny from like the food area of Cleveland, or where does this yeah. uh, beginning of a, a relationship start, or, or how do you guys know each other? I met John at a, a bike shop in Tremont. At Mitch's, at bike, Mitch's shop. bike shop, Shaker yeah. Cycle in Tremont. Um, he was like, "Hey, I got somebody you might you might like," and uh, me and John talked, and we just hit it off and became good friends. You know, and we had kind of co- started cooking together, and yeah. Just like at home? Yeah, or? just like not professionally, yeah. just like hanging out. Always wanted to work together and, uh, you know, the opportunity came up for us mm-hmm. to put something together and we did. So you guys knew of each other in a in a professional sense. Oh, yeah. And had like that mutual respect thing. If, if we could ever Well, both work of us worked together. at sushi restaurants. Yep. I was working, I was working oh. as one of those sushi guys at Parallax at the time that I met Danny. So we were both, we were both in the same world and, uh. Like little, like little tiny catering stuff here and there, but not, nothing that was ever like really working in a professional kitchen until we started doing the barbecue stuff together. Mm. All right. So um, let's go ahead and fast forward to the barbecue restaurant. Like, were you guys, uh, obviously you have the sushi background, but were you also have some type of a burning desire or a slow <laughs> burn to get into? Like you see a, an emerging barbecue revolution happening across the country, and I can't say with any assurity that there was one happening here in Cleveland um, up until maybe two years ago. There's yeah. a lot of crap barbecue out there. <laughs> There's a lot of uh, kind of ethnic barbecue that's around here, but it's just not great stuff. And I've mm-hmm. eaten at all of the barbecue restaurants here, except some of the very, very new ones that have opened recently. And uh, we're all going to be doing like this big review of one that's going to be opening in Mayfield here, hopefully sooner than later. But I'm so excited about I mean, it's that! Just yeah. it's just not good stuff. So, like, where was your thought process in trying to bring something legitimate to the Cleveland landscape? Well, I think uh, this initially started. Uh, we were going to do a restaurant in Tremont. It was right when I got off the show. Yep. And uh, I think we. W- it's been four years in the making. Yeah, it's been about four years in the making. We just mm-hmm. we had, we had a bad in, uh, a bad investor, we'll say, mm-hmm. and things things went one way, and we wanted to go another. So we ended up taking a separate direction on that, and for, for the better, I think. I mean, yeah, we ended definitely up, for the better. We ended up being being able to get it done just on our own, um, with like without really any help from anybody else. It was, I mean, more rewarding than. Yeah, I right, think uh, guys, a- guys, I don't want to be douchey here, but don't look at each other. Talk into the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> this is a radio. Sometimes we just can't help it. I know. Yeah. Looking in each other's looking eyes. Looking at each other's eyes. It's freaking me out. Talk <laughs> right. to the microphone. Because, because we don't spend enough time together. <laughs> right, right. right. I know. We get lonely sitting right next to each other. 
Um, all right. So when uh, so you decide your guys are going to open up this barbecue restaurant. Mm-hmm. Barry, what's your deal? Are you all in on this right right from Jump Street? Are you like, oh, hell no. This is Cleveland, <laughs> and you're talking about a restaurant? What? Um, no, I was definitely pumped for it. Um, it's definitely something John's been after as long as I've known him. Um, so the fact that they had the opportunity to do it on their own and not have, you know, a big bank loan or, you know, some big wig investor, you know, who calls the shots on everything, they, the fact that they could really make it their own was a big deal for him. So, yeah, supportive 100% from day one. When you looked at all of the other barbecue restaurants that were in Cleveland, I guess before you opened yours or or before you put some type of a look ahead on how you wanted your particular restaurant to be, what did you think of the landscape of Cleveland barbecue? Well, I mean, one of the places I spent a lot of time at was St. Louis. Um, So I I got to see a lot of barbecue restaurants and all within a very short distance of one another. So when you look at like a place like St. Louis or Kansas City or Memphis or Texas, and there's barbecue spots just all over the place, I mean, the, the landscape is actually still in Cleveland, I think, pretty thin. I mean, there's room for a lot of other guys to to get in if they're really, if they have good barbecue and they can be competitive. Were you impressed with any current I, barbecue restaurants? I, I like the brisket that uh, Proper Pig puts out. Yeah, I mean, she's doing a good job. He, he does really... Like, does a great job with turkey. And the, the turkey is awesome. Yeah. yeah. The turkey's really good. Um, every, we, we went down to Mabel's, too. Everything we had at, at Mabel's was stellar. Um, like, I'm a, I'm a cook. I still make as much money as a cook. So it was a little bit expensive for me, but, like, the food that we got was knock out of the park good. Oh, yeah, so for sure. So it's hard to... You know, with our little with our little shoebox, it's easier for us to have cheaper barbecue. We don't have any overhead in comparison. If you had like multi million dollar build out, and oh, you were man. down on East Fourth, maybe you'd be getting you know twenty eight or thirty two dollars for a rack of ribs. Yeah, right? maybe. Like I think that, like if anybody was going to do it like that for barbecue in Cleveland, I think it had to be Simon. Oh, I mean, sure. he's like he's the biggest name that that we have in Cleveland for cooking, and he's just so consistent with everything that he does. I mean, all of his restaurants across the board are pretty stellar. I mean, I've, I eat at them like as as regularly as I can. Yeah, pretty frequently. Mm-hmm. Do you buy into his legitimacy of of barbecue? He hosts a couple barbecue shows. Um, I look, I'm, I'm as critical as anybody when it comes to Cleveland and barbecue. And I believe, even though he has never stepped foot on the show ever, <laughs> in itself is a travesty beyond. Uh, repair, but um, you know, I believe that he wants whatever he is into. He wants to make sure that it is legitimate, that it is something that would be able to stand up to any barbecue expert that shows up. Um, everybody's a critic, right? Oh, yeah. But I think yeah. he's really trying to to do it the right way. Well, mm-hmm. I think I think he goes he goes about doing everything the right way. I mean, if you look at how all of his restaurants have matured over the years, like from what they've started at and to, to what they've grown into. I mean, he he really steps in the right direction with everything he does. So, and those little, uh, what are they, pork rinds that they have with oh, the yeah. Yeah, man, Those things were delicious. Those. We, they made us want to get a fryer at the restaurant. But those <laughs> things were so good. That's uh, the ones that come with the Lawson. I have oh, yeah. Oh, oh, man, those things are good. Really good. Yes, please. Did you have the big beef rib? Uh, we, were, we were there for lunch, so we didn't get the big beef rib. We had, we had, uh, I think we got the one of everything else, had. though. Yeah, we, we had, had the, the lamb, lamb ribs. ribs yeah. We had the spare ribs. Brisket. Brisket. Pork, yeah, yeah. Burn ends. All the sides. Yeah, all we covered side. our bases. All right. Uh, John and Barry and Danny are here. We're talking with them about their restaurant. We were hoping that maybe Max Good was going to be showing up, but evidently he's 
maybe still with Meathead in Paradise. We'll <laughs> have to see if we can't reload him potentially for next week. Uh, we will step away and come back with another segment. Why is this not? There we go. Relax here, guys. If you need another beer, you know, just right in that little fridge right there. People giving me shit about PBR. It's craft beer, dudes. Uh-oh. Get over it. It is. It's craft beer. All right, gang. Uh, no better or easier way to step up the barbecue and grilling game than by adding a little butcher barbecue to your arsenal. Butcher's well known for the injections, the pork, the beef, the prime injection, which has combined all the things loved from their beef injection using its award-winning flavor enhancer and its ability to keep your brisket juicy. They've combined it with what has become the competition standard in beef flavor. Available for sale right now at ButcherBBQ.com. Of course, you have the go-to rubs and sauces, the old standbys, the brisket and steak rub, or the honey rub. Just got a five-pound bag of the honey rub in, thanks to Dave. Then you have the new rubs, chipotle, cherry, pecan, and Dave's triple master secret blend. If you like injecting with butchers, let me mention this. You might want to try the premium rub. It works especially well because it's formulated to work with the injection, a perfect one-two punch to impress judges and friends alike. Uh, Last but not least, let me talk to you about Butcher's Sweet Barbecue Sauce. Look, when it comes to sauce, I'm as picky as it gets. Butcher's Sauce has a nice, sweet hint, a nice slice of tang, just the right amount of back-end heat, and for crying out loud, no liquid smoke. Dave took the time and effort to make a quality sauce and didn't take the easy way out like most people do. By adding that devil's urine, better known as liquid smoke. Grab a box of six. It's going to go fast. And if you haven't tried it yet, oh my goodness, you got to. You got to try the grilling oil. Shelf stable. Once you open it, it does not have to go in the refrigerator to stay good. That means you can keep it right out there on the counter. You can bring it out to the grill or smoker and use away. It doesn't go bad. It comes in butter flavor, which is my favorite. It also comes in chipotle and steakhouse flavor as well. That's the product of the year if you haven't tried it yet. Trust me. Head on over to ButcherBBQ.com. That's ButcherBBQ.com and stock up now. ButcherBBQ.com. Always trust your butcher. We're back with more barbecue talk, believe it or not, right after this. Also, in the top of the second hour, your chance to win horse meat 2017 t-shirts. I have double XL and triple XL to give away. If you know your porn star athletes, if you know your cheese or fonts, or if you know your wineries or rehabs, you will have a chance to win. We're back right after this. Ready to get on the air? Call 216-220-0966. Now, let's get back to the LeBron James and Barbecue Talk. Craig Rampey. Hey, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Green Mountain Grills, manufacturers of some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. If you're looking for a big cooker to house a lot of food, they got one for you. How about medium size? They got you covered there, too. How about small for tailgates? Tailgate season will be here before you know it, folks. They can also supply you with pellets for those cookers. Check them out at GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. 
I love my Green Mountain Grill. You could love yourgreenmountaingrill.com or <laughs> your Green Mountain Grill as well if you visit greenmountaingrill.com. By the way, uh, as I had mentioned, we were supposed to be joined by Max Good last segment, but he didn't appear. However, if he would have appeared, he would have uh, mentioned, well, where's my cursor? He would have mentioned this. All guests on the Barbecue Central show appear via the Smithfield Hotline. Yummy. Got to make sure you get them all in there, folks. That's right. Uh, so we are back with John, Barry, and Danny. We're talking about their very successful barbecue restaurant located in Parma, Ohio. We're talking about the Cleveland landscape of barbecue. But here's an interesting fact. I was doing my due diligence before the show and come to find out that the guy in the center is a little bit of a television star. <laughs> it was the great food truck race or whatever it is on the Food Network, right? Yeah. It was. Yeah. All right. So talk to me about that experience. When was it? Do you try out for the show? Are you looking to be a star like guy? Like what's the deal? Um, I, I got pulled into the project by my buddy, Matt and my buddy Dylan. Um, my push to go and do the show was to try and help Matt pay down some of his medical bills from when he had cancer. Uh, if you won, you got $50,000 in a food truck, uh, which would have been about 115 grand. And he had about 96,000 in, in medical debt left. And that would have taken care of the rest of his his medical bills from the show. So that was my push to go on was to try and get him taken care of. Uh, we took third place. Um, we got a lot of good publicity. got to meet a lot of cool friends. Is it a, is it a situation where it's, you know, first or nothing or, I mean, Oh yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Definitely. They, uh, they got all the, all the food trucks together and you, you got to go city to city and whoever made the most amount of money, um, took first place and obviously bragging rights going into the, the next city. And then the person who made the least amount of money well, was one of them that had to go home. And we were we were right on the cutting, right on the chopping block the first week too. How long ago, or or what season was that? This? Was that was uh, season five? Mm-hmm. That was in two thousand and fourteen oh. in the summer. All right, so not too long ago. No, it was fun. Did you have the same look? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So like, will people stop you on the street that are fans of the show right now? <laughs> he like, didn't have Dude. the glasses during the show, oh, no. so it's like it's, it's kind of like his Clark Kent. To it's hide it's, so, it's those, soccer but... moms in the grocery store. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, very rarely. Rig, people, sometimes people people will read like, where, "Where do I recognize you from?" Like, I have no idea. <laughs> it's I'm, not the great food truck race. It's not. It's yeah, right. Not that. Yeah, like I'm not. I'm not that guy. Like, oh, do you, like, do you remember me? I was on TV. <laughs> like, that's that's not how I am. You don't have the T-shirt that says "I was on the Great Food Truck." Right? I do, but I don't wear it often. Yeah, yeah. except when, every day when I'm at work. Yep. But you would you would wear a Horse Me 2017 <laughs> shirt every oh, day yeah. of my For life. Sure. <laughs> a man that's got his priorities straight. Thank goodness. Um, so, what was the uh, the uh, the stronghold of the truck? What was your specialty? Uh, it, the the whole backing, the whole backbone of our truck was bacon. The name of the truck was "Let There Be Bacon." Wow! So it was bacon inspired cuisine. In twenty fourteen, I believe was, I guess, what I would call the height of bacon out of control. <laughs> yeah, and um, bacon prices. Let me tell you, I don't know if you guys remember, but man, how long ago was it? Now, I mean, it really seems like it was only two weeks ago, but it has to have been. Anybody in the chat room uh, weigh in on this? Do you remember a thing called the bacon explosion? <laughs> Do you remember that? Do you ever hear about that? It was making the rounds on all types of national news outlets and all this stuff. So there's these guys in Kansas City called the Barbecue Addicts. Okay. And they basically made an 
and I don't know if it was – I guess some would consider it an improvement. But they made an enhancement on what uh, barbecue folks known as a fatty. Okay. And I'm not talking about you know burning hippie lettuce, but <laughs> gotcha. it's uh, you know the smoked uh, sausage uh, breakfast yeah. sausage. Yeah. So you take a log of sausage and you press it out, and then you fill it with crisp bacon and cheese and some barbecue sauce, and then you make the bacon weave. That sounds and you lovely. You put that sausage on the bacon weave and you roll it up like a torpedo, and off you go into the smoker. And that sounds wonderful. Yeah, yes, it I mean, does. So that was the bacon explosion, and it just like to me that's what really catapulted bacon into the stratosphere and that was years and years and years ago and every year i've been saying this is the year that bacon will die and it won't be as trendy as and every year it's just seemed to notch up a little bit more and a little bit more it's pretty delicious bacon will never die no I, no I bacon's can't. amazing not that it would die but oh my god like you're using it to stir bourbon drinks yep. and, yeah, you're and your bloody marys in, yes, and you're putting it in it. chocolate i brush and, my teeth with bacon yeah i mean <laughs> Of course you are. Who isn't? But <laughs> some things were getting ridiculous. So I was like, man, how long can this bacon trend go? In 2014, I mean, you're right in the heart of it. Mm-hmm. So like everything you made was, I don't, how did you lose? <laughs> we, uh, oh man. We, did you undercook bacon? Like people no, undercook right. chicken on the cooking show? We, we stuck to, uh, I guess stick, st- we stuck to sick selling good food. At a fair price, like we refuse to to bump our prices up over a certain amount, just because we were on TV. We wanted to try and kill people with quality and and see how far we could get on it. And we took third place. We got eliminated right before the finale. So, so how many miles do you put in on this show? Oh my goodness! God, you guys oh went far. Um, and these are company supplied trucks or show supplied trucks? Uh, yeah, all the all the trucks were were uh, were rented for the teams, and then if you won, you got to keep your truck. That was the premise of season five was you got to keep the truck and you got $50,000. Got it. So we, uh, we went, how far did we go? You started in, um, California. Yeah. From Cali all the way to to Alabama and Mobile. Danny, were you on the show too? No, I was not. I just hear somebody say, how far did we go? Oh yeah. I just, yeah. Oh, that was me. Tricking me. (laughs) I never mean mean to trick you, Greg. Hmm. (laughs) So I'm wondering if we want to take a phone call. Do we have a phone call? I mean, there's one coming up on the board. You want to do it? Let's do it. Yeah, let's take a Feels phone call. Feels good. Let's see what happens. All right. uh, area code six one six. Who's this? <coughs> Hello. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I got, I got him on mute. Uh, all right, try again. Six one six. Who's this? Yeah. Yeah. Who's this? This is Austin from six one six Barbecue and Fab. Hey, what's up, Austin? How are you? Good to bad. How are you guys? Good. Say hello to John, Barry, and Danny. Hey, John, Barry, and Danny. How are you guys doing? How you doing, brother? Hey. Excellent. How you doing? What can we do for you tonight? Good. Uh, I was just uh, wondering, do you guys use wood to uh, smoke all your food, or yeah, we are you doing yeah. charcoal or gas? Yeah, just don't, don't, uh, we have a, a propane backup, like a propane burner that starts it. But what that uh that box that we use is really well insulated, so it keeps the heat very well. I would say probably fires fifteen to twenty times per cook, and then we're stoking the fire after that to keep it going. You you have a is it Old Hickory or Southern Pride? Southern, Southern Pride. Pride. Southern Pride. Yeah. What what are you running down there, Austin? What's that? I'm what sorry. You, what what kind of cook are you running? 
I uh, run a reverse flow uh, wood cooker. Is that a Lang, by the way, or is it a homemade? Homemade. Yeah. Nice. Very nice. What else can we do for you tonight? I was just curious about uh, what everybody cooks on and, you know, what you use for wood and everything like that. Yeah, we use use fresh wild cherry and we use fresh cut apple. Peach if we can find it. Seasonally, we go up to Catawba Island. And we were getting wood from Berman's Orchards up there. They have some awesome, awesome peach wood. Yeah, we're kind of spoiled. We have a really great wood guy. Yeah. He's got a, what is it, 70-acre orchard? No, se- to- oh. 700, yeah, 700, 700 700 acre orchard to now. cut. <laughs> and, uh, I mean. And he doesn't sell to anybody else, yeah, so we're, he, we're he lucky. Just, he, only, yeah. he only sells it to us right now, so we've got a. We're blessed. I agree. Um, Austin, no, if, if, if you're keeping score, I have a Lang 36-inch patio uh, reverse flow. I have a Gorilla pellet cooker. I have a Green <laughs> Mountain Grill pellet cooker. I have two Weber kettles. I have two Weber Smoky Mountains and a pit barrel cooker. I win. Oh, man. <laughs> man, you got me beat. <laughs> me too. Mm-hmm. You got me beat. I've got beat. a 60-gallon uh, reverse flow that I built myself. Nice. I use uh, fresh apple wood from Michigan. Cool. Um, I'm located in western Michigan, so gotcha. you know, I'm... I got Applewood for days. Yeah, you do. You smoke all year? Um, yeah, oh yeah, for sure. So do we. Outside in the cold. Winter's fun. <laughs> um, but I got a bunch of little garage sale smokers that I bought too, and they don't matter. They don't compare to the 60 gallon that I use. Austin, uh, do you wear a double or a triple XL t shirt? I wear a double. Double XL? All right, yep. send me your uh, send me your shipping address. I'll give you a horse meat T-shirt if you wear it. Oh, that's awesome, yeah. Greg! I will definitely wear it. Yeah, you better take a picture and send it. Otherwise, you got to send the shirt back. And was that picture didn't happen? These things these things are hot items. You just can't you know take it and wear it inside. These these shirts are made to be worn outside, preferably in large crowds. <laughs> horse meat. No, no, I will definitely wear it everywhere. And you know, it's funny as last week I was uh, talking to my brother about your horse meat T-shirts, and he's like, "You need to get one." Yeah, there you go. All right, uh, Greg at the BBQ Central Show dot com. Send me your shipping. Info, we'll get one out to you. Perfect. Thanks, right. Greg. Thanks, I appreciate man. it. And, hey, all you guys have a good night. I'm going to keep watching. Take Take it easy, buddy. Have a good one. Oh, oh. Callers. I know. You like Michigan barbecue? What do you know about it? Not too much. Yeah, I know nothing about Michigan yeah. barbecue. <laughs> There's only one thing we know about Michigan. Yeah, right? Get out of here, buddy. <laughs> Lucky he had the time he had for crying out loud. You're calling a bunch of Buckeyes. Um, all right, so where did we, uh, what were we talking about? The food truck? Uh, oh, yeah, the, all the miles that you were putting out. I mean, did you do like 20,000 miles during the show, or was it more than that? Uh, I mean, I, I would, it was at least a couple hundred miles driving around in the city, like getting B-roll footage, um, having them like position us in, like the, you're going to like start here, and this is where you start the show. And then we would have certain places where we would have to go and meet Tyler for certain challenges. But other than that, they pretty much let you do what you do. What you do. I mean, there's there are certain points where you get a little bit more guidance than others, but uh, usually that's when you're uh, strength into how would you put that, honey? Like not following the rules, I guess. <laughs> Breaking the rules. Breaking the rules. <laughs> like they let you know about that really yeah, fast, real yeah. quick. Yeah, because everything's got to be on the up and up. Yeah, yeah. Because there's it's. It's not like the other teams can watch each other, so they kind of police all of us and make sure we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. One of the 
names that you dropped was Tyler. That, of course, is Tyler Florence. Yeah, so, he's awesome. You know, from a Food Network point of view, um, I don't even know if he's really, like, really still on there anymore or not, but kind of coming up in the Food Network area that I did, he was certainly a mainstay. He had a lot of great shows that I used to watch and just seems to be like a really – cool guy he is the sweetest human like is i mean he's is he really when the cameras are off and the red lights aren't on you know just I, man I, to man is I he swear just to, like i swear that? to god he's almost nicer when the cameras are off really like, he's lovely there's a certain like wow. pro- profession he has a certain like professional demeanor when he's on camera as far as like you know like a to b getting business done being quick about what he's doing and getting the shots in that he needs you know, is to not take up you know too much of people's time. Like he's not he's not a really needy guy. I mean, he's not like a, the kind like I need all green M and M's in my dressing room before this starts. <laughs> like he's he's not, he's not a jerk. I mean, he's really just a he's a cook's cook. Yeah, he was. He's very knowledgeable too. Yeah, I mean, his cooking chops are up to par. I mean, I would, you see, you know, the the one my one complaint about Food Network is they would get people in there that were personality first. Let me rephrase that: cooks, not chefs. But cooks who had really good personalities, which really could be anybody, depending on what your skill set was. Mm-hmm. Was he like a guy that had legitimate chops of cooking? Yeah, he's 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 been all over the place. He's he's cooked all over. Um, he was a Johnson and Wales grad. Um, just he's top notch. I have no I have no bad things to say about Tyler Florence. Um, good dude. He's been a, a good mentor to me. Like being able to call him and ask for advice and you know talk to him about things that I have going on has been. You know, really indispensable for us. You can and, uh, you can call him. Yeah, he's oh, yeah. he's he's as a regular guy, just like me or you. You know, he just made the right moves and made the right choices, and uh, was able to through being a nice guy and being very talented. It was, I mean, he's he's a shoe in man. He's a, he's a handsome man. He jumped jumped right into being Applebee's chef, and you know, took off from there. Big tattoos too. Yeah, yeah. He's he's. You don't cool. get to see him, but he's got some pretty big tattoos. I saw him on Instagram earlier. Yeah, he's pretty he's pretty solid. All right. Well, uh, his restaurants. He has a, a restaurant out in San Francisco that's killer too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Maybe we'll talk about that here in one sec. Right on. Let me do a piece of business. <laughs> Hang out here just for God. This touchscreen monitor is killing me. Uh, folks, Cook Shack manufactures smoker ovens for barbecue lovers with any amount of experience, whether you barbecue in the backyard in the competition circuit or in a five star dining facility. Cook Shack has the unit that will do the job, and with a full line of barbecue sauces, spices, pellets, and wood chunks, it's the perfect one-stop shop. Cook Shack strives to be your barbecue resource center by offering cooking classes, online recipes, how-to videos, two blogs, smoking, grilling 101s, and a video cooking classroom. Check out their website at cookshack.com or follow them on these social media platforms. Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Pinterest, and Google+. Get advice or share your passion for barbecue on their world-class barbecue forum. Cook Shack pellet-fired smokers are the choice of champions because they were designed by a champion, Ed Fast Eddie Moore. The FEC 1000 and PG 100 are always customer favorites. The PG 1000 can double as a smoker and grill, low and slow or hot and fast. The pellet grill line gives you the most for your money. Cook Shack residential electric smokers are the number one smoker in the industry. High quality means high durability and versatility. Anything you can cook in your oven, you can make in a Cook Shack. And I know firsthand because my dad has a smokette and he loves it. Passion and dedication drives Cook Shack's manufacturing with quality always being at the forefront. Get the best in barbecue since 1962. Call 800-423-0698. That's 800 423 
888-900-0698. Or again, the website, cookshack.com. That's C-O-O-K-S-H-A-C-K, cookshack.com. And I am saddened that Stuart Powell, the uh, CEO and president of Cookshack, is not going to be at the HPBA Expo coming up this weekend in Atlanta, which I will be at. But I'm sure somebody from Cookshack will be there, so get to say hi to those folks. I'll be there, by the way, HPB Expo in Atlanta. I will be there Friday and Saturday. Get on the Facebooks. Let me know if you're going to be there, where you're going to be at. I'm going to stop by. I got my interview situation, mobile recording, whatnot. Those are technical terms. And uh, love to get some, love to get some sound with you. All right, we are back right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue, it's the Barbecue Central Show. Hey, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. Not voiding any warranties either, so don't let anybody fool you on that. Visit cookingpellets.com for more information or to purchase. You can also buy Cooking Pellets pellets on Amazon.com. Download their free app and be alerted when great shipping rates are taking place. Amazon.com. I think that website's going to make it, guys. What do you think? <laughs> I think they're doing okay. Yeah. Just maybe. Yeah, you never know. They're going to start coming with the drones pretty soon. <laughs> if if uh, if if Amazon came to you and said, we would love to deliver your barbecue via drone. Okay, you can yeah. have oh, absolutely. Take it. Barbecue drones? Well, That'd be amazing. Yeah, why not? Uh, some people have an averse <laughs> reaction or thought about getting into bed with big people like Amazon. Not you guys. No. Why, yeah, why not? I don't know. I'm, they're, they're, I'm already ready for Amazon. they're already in your house anyways. Yeah, I'm ready for Amazon to deliver my show via drone. <laughs> right? Of course they should. I don't know. Um, all right, so. That would push Amazon over the top. I think it would. You think? Of yeah. course. That, is that what's keeping them from just cresting over to international stardom? I think so. All right, well, I might. Uh, I used to know the owner's name. Mr. Amazon, I think. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll email him and let him know the the singular item that's keeping him back. <laughs> this show via drone. That might be kind of a travesty. <laughs> uh, John Barry and Danny are here. We're getting ready to jump into the second hour. There's no guest plans. However, at the top of the second hour, you can have a chance at winning a horse meat t-shirt. You'll have three lifelines right here in studio. So depending on what game you choose, I will allow input from the crowd. Although the final answer will have to be yours, and you have to get three out of five right. Three games to choose from. Porn star or athlete. Ooh. That's awesome. Cheese or font. Ooh. <laughs> Winery or rehab. That's Oh, fantastic. that's very nice. Now, in the past, I have been... That's awesome. it, ha- <laughs> it has been pointed out to me that sometimes my wineries are also rehabs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I do as much internet due diligence as trust as I possibly can. <laughs> and I believe everything I read on the internet. So, of course, because it's all true. true. As you should. Right. It's all facts-based. 
faction based. It's all faction. <laughs> you can't put it on the internet unless it's Art true. fiction, part. It's faction. I love it. Uh, if you want to jump in on the horse meat t-shirt contest, you can do that. You dial the number 216-220-0966 and uh, just wait for me to get to you. Here's the other thing. If you hear the show when you call, you're ready. I don't have a screener. You're not going to go through hoops. All of this other crap. If you hear the show all of a sudden, you're next up. That's just the way it is. So be ready to go. Don't ask me how I'm doing. Don't ask anybody else how they're doing. We're all doing fine. We're here live. We're doing great. Okay? We're good. Got PBRs. be ready to go. Doing great. Yeah. Craft beer PBR. Mm, Craft beer. From Milwaukee. A finest, the finest vintage of last week's. Algonquin? (laughs) PBR. It's Algonquin for the good land. That's right. (laughs) All right, uh, we will reload for the second hour. Stick around, and you are watching the Barbecue Central show right here on the Barbecue Central Networks. We'll be oh, there it uh, is. something terrible is just. I like this music. Here. Hold on a second. This is for the really big. Okay, barbecue. all right. Something. What the fuck just happened? <laughs> that didn't happen. I, oh, okay. I know what happened. I just got. I got to gabbing too much. There it is. Okay, never mind. Never mind. Okay. Just stand by. Okay. Stand by. Everybody stand by. Terrible lot. My bad. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Fine. How is long? You have a great show. I'm a big fan. Oh, boy. Okay, hold on. What seems to be the problem here? This man looks like... Okay. This, this, is, this is completely wrong. Okay, here we go. Stand by for the second hour. <laughs> we'll be back right after this. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central show on the Barbecue Central Networks. board here for the really big barbecue show we cook because we have to and we grill because we want to hit me fine how is long <laughs> you have a great show of a big fan Boing. so what 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 seems to be the problem here this man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle charbono it's all about the charbono dude Succulent fish, what? He ate two feet for wiener. So listen, Lavernius, shut your face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. <laughs> top men. All right, just like that, we are in to the second hour. Hey, happy to have you aboard here. Uh, This is the Barbecue Central Show. We talk about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. We broadcast live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city. And it's the barbecue capital of the North Coast. These are facts. 
found from the internet. Factions. These are factions. Uh, if you want to get in touch with the show this evening, I'm more than happy to have. In fact, if you want to try and win a horse meat t-shirt, start calling it now. 216-220-0966. In order to be incredibly redundant, if you want to get in touch with the show, this is how you do it. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. On the Twitter and Instagram, said BBQ Central Show. Breaking news. A Barbecue Central Show exclusive news update. Uh, folks, this is Greg Rampey reporting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network's Breaking News Desk. This email in from Stephen Reichlin on the HPB Expo. He will not be there. Andrew, you are not the <laughs> Damn it. What are the chances? Well, Stephen Reichlin is not going to be in Atlanta either, and this is troubling to say the least. What do you guys think about that? Well, it's my weekend. Troubling. Yeah, I mean, okay, so uh, by show of hands, Barry, do you know who Stephen Reichlin is? Hand up for yes. All right, uh, John and Danny. You do know. He's writing your article right here, Stephen Reichlin. Is that is that <laughs> how you, author. Is that how you know him? He's a cookbook author. He's a, oh, no. He's a cheer. <laughs> No, really, do you know who he is or no? No. All right, so here's the... But I've seen his name right This is the fascination that I have with people that I know and who I think might be big stars. And where does the crossover happen? So, like, everybody Mm -hmm. knows who Michael Jordan is. Everybody knows who Guy is. I think everybody probably knows who Michael Simon is, probably more because of the chew than Mm -hmm. anything else. Yeah. Um. Although the Iron Chef thing is probably kind of a bigger deal than people want it. It's pretty wanted. huge. Yeah, I mean, that's a, it's a pretty big deal. But mostly because of the true, right? I mean, or the chew. It's on every day. Yeah. It's network-based, yeah. bubble. Yeah, you know, housewives. Stephen Reichland, to me, uh, Barbecue Hall of Famer two years ago, inducted in the Barbecue Hall of Fame. Uh, one of the most prolific barbecue and grilling cookbook authors ever on the face of the earth. His book, Barbecue Bible, I believe has sold the most copies ever. That I've, that uh, I've definitely heard Like of. a trillion copies, yeah. maybe yeah, five bad. trillion copies. Wow. Um, he's in California taping the third season of Project Smoke, which he did mention no when he was on the show Tuesday. But, you know, what can I tell you? Uh, so he's not going to make it all the way back across country to Atlanta to the Hearth Patio and Barbecue Expo. You guys going? <laughs> We going? Are we all going this weekend? Yeah, if we didn't if have to buying, work, I'm flying. Yeah, I mean, if you want to <laughs> close us down for the weekend? To be yeah, definitely super stellar. I would love to close you guys down, but I believe the people of Parma and Greater Cleveland would riot if uh, <laughs> they didn't have your barbecue for the weekend. So, uh, no Stephen Reichland, no the guy from Cook Shack, uh, Ray Lampy, Doctor Barbecue will be there. Do you know Doctor Barbecue? You ever heard of that name? Doctor Barbecue? Yes, I've Ray Lampy. I've heard that name before. Yeah. Yeah. Are you lying? No. no. Definitely heard him. <laughs> oh, really? Really. If I asked you to describe him in a lineup, could you? Probably not. <laughs> I, nev- I never read the He's inside jacket. He's got a very unique look. I never look. read the inside jacket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Um, all right. So uh, if you want to try your hand at winning a horse meat t-shirt, call in 216-220-0966. I have uh, some double XL and I believe I have one triple XL T-shirt. That's the hot size that's going. By the way, in studio, triple it's triple. Is X. the triple XL? The triple XL is yeah, definitely. We could put Danny and John together, and I think we would still have material left over for triple XL. 
Let alone the people bitching about no 4XL, but we talked about that earlier. That's a, thing. That's a parachute. I get yeah. mad about not having extra smalls. Well, you know, most women are. Yeah. But we cater to the barbecue male here on this show. True. Yeah. That's so true. They'd... You know what they call triple XL in barbecue talk? Barbecue medium. Yep. <laughs> uh, quick reminder to all of the faithful listeners here. Tomorrow is March 1st. That means if you are sitting at your computer tonight and you have not put in your recommendation of nomination for this year's Barbecue Hall of Fame, this is the last day you can do it. So let me urge you that if you haven't done it, please write a letter that sells me as value to be at least discussed into the Barbecue Hall of Fame class of 2017. For instance, let me read you a good example email that you might want to follow. <laughs> this is from Bill in Florida. I'm writing to recommend Greg Reppy, host of the Barbecue Central show, be inducted into the Barbecue Hall of Fame. Greg has done so much to advance the message, meaning, and enjoyment of barbecue by way of his internet TV show, interviews, personal appearances. It would be appropriate recognition for his dedication and ongoing support of the activity so many love. It's time we get the man behind the microphone into the Barbecue Hall of Fame. Yay! Go, Bill. That was beautiful. Thank you, Bill. Uh, Last weekend, I read, uh, or last week's show, I read Scott from New York's email, which was uh, maybe even a little bit better than that. So these are just examples. Again, you just don't write to uh, bbq at americanroyal.com and say, put Greg in the Barbecue Hall of Fame. Uh, That does nothing for anybody. There needs to be some heart there, some passion. Yes, I mean... Some truth. Not really put any effort into it. You know, we have like three and a half minutes to talk about the Barbecue Hall of Fame. Did you guys, uh, since I'm quizzing you on everything barbecue related, (laughs) um, did anybody by yes or no know that there's a Barbecue Hall of Fame? I know that I saw uh, a Facebook post from a certain gentleman. Uh, about the Barbecue Hall of Fame. Is it my Facebook post? Yes, that's exactly oh, what that come is. on. You know, that doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've definitely heard of the Barbecue yeah. Hall of Fame before, before the, the posting that we saw and the numerous letters that we wrote. Do you know? Do you unprompted know, by you, of course. Of unprompted. Course. Uh, I only mention it here or there every five minutes. So <laughs> do... Uh, you should You should definitely be in there, though. I'm not you, even talking about that, but here's here's <laughs> what I want to bring up for conversation start. Why not? We're on Team Greg here. Do you? Th- I appreciate. It. <laughs> Do you think that? Let me ask this question instead. Do you know of any other barbecue hall of? Uh, Do you know any other hall of fame that actively solicits from its listening or customer base or whatever following base, whatever you want to call it, for nominations? Like, shouldn't you know? Shouldn't there be a criteria that if you I meet think, it, now I, you are allowed to be discussed to be into a Hall of Fame? I think that every great campaign has a push start somewhere. Yes. And if that happens to be, you know, what you're doing on Facebook to kind of, you know, get that momentum uh, rolling a little bit harder, per se, than it already was before, I say there's nothing wrong with that. But, but worst case scenario, John. <laughs> I get inducted into the Barbecue Hall of Fame. I know. Then you're unstoppable. It would be a tragedy. What are you tragedy. talking about? Of course. It would be awesome. But, I mean, it would be awesome here, but from, <laughs> from a very high level, halls of fame should not be inducting people that win popularity contests or 
uh, toot their own horn. So and and I get the votes of people. Say, oh God, I wish you'd shut up. Let's just put them in there. Shut up. <laughs> like that's not good, right? That's like cheating on your chemistry test and never getting caught. That I never did my. I, I think I think it's just leaning on one of your passions in life. That's all that that is. So I shouldn't feel so no gross. Why? No, why? don't feel why guilty. Why do that? No. Everybody, everybody pimps themselves Just a little bit, buddy. It. But I feel like I'm. We're all whores. I'm not pimping, though. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to point out a deficiency that if, 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 if it is a legitimate Hall of Fame, that there should never be asking of who should be in for consideration. There should be. You think a, it should a, be based on the people? Yes, and, and there should be. Here's what I think. But who makes the selections then? Yeah, right. Who bases it? Who knows? Who knows? And what's the, the academy? What's the, what's the criteria? I would like to thank the academy. The, the academy night. of who? The barbecue academy. I right now. Then I then I say then I say we continue this push. Like so, so many racks cooked, so many racks. Maybe eaten. once you're already you in there, then you'll have more knowledge as to what's going on in this process. When maybe am, you could then streamline this process to make it better for other people getting in. When I am inducted, voice of reason. When I am inducted into the barbecue hall of fame. When, when, not when, if, when, this year, Love it. Um, this year, will, will I have to mention this in my speech? Do I have to turn it into not the, I'm so honored. Do I have to say, Hey, now that I'm in the hall of fame, <laughs> let me point out what really is the issue here. I think there's a, only one way for I'm you to in go. the hall of fame. That's the big the issue. First of all, I would like to thank all of you, yeah. the little people. This you has helped me get to, to where I am today. It has nothing to do with right. these guys. I respect <laughs> everybody that is up on stage already into the Hall of Fame. This has nothing to do with you. And now I'm just, <laughs> I'm just unloading like crazy. <clears throat> we'll talk about it here uh, a little bit more after the break. Uh, we're talking with John, Barry, and Danny about if I should be in the Barbecue Hall of Fame and I when I get in. I already thought you were in. <laughs> oh, you. Show us what I know. You guys are in. The rest of the forever, you guys are allowed to come onto the show talking like that. All right, folks, let me talk to you quickly about the longest-running sponsor of the show located in Warminster, Pennsylvania, the Barbecue Guru. Gang, if you've been thinking about automatic pin temperature control devices, think no further. These are the guys that created it. You don't want to buy it from any other company. This is the one-stop shop here. If you're not familiar with how these little beauties work, let me give you a little bit of insight here. Imagine a product that allows you to set your pit temperature and once set, keeps it running at that temperature all the way through the cook. Sound too good to be true? It's not. This is real life. You can take advantage of this technology today because maybe you're a busy working professional or perhaps you're constantly on the run with kids doing errands and quite frankly, you just don't have the time to set around and tend pit temperatures. The barbecue guru allows you to throw on a pork butt or a brisket or a couple slabs of ribs, and then you're off to do whatever it is you need to get done, and the guru maintains that picture you set it at. You got four different models to choose from. CyberQ Wi-Fi, if you are competition cook, if you're really not into having to get up out of bed and check your pit or internal temperatures, this is going to take care of it for you, okay? You can run up to two different pits. You can connect your tablet, your phone, your netbook, your laptop, whatever, to the CyberQ Wi-Fi, and it will give you your pit temperature right there, internal temperature readings of meat, and now at 3 o'clock in the morning from your bed, you can ramp up the pit temperature or ramp it down, whatever. Now, the other end of that spectrum is the Party Q. For about 130 bucks. you can put on this cruise control. It goes on a lot of different pits. 
It's completely self-contained, runs on AA batteries, sets in temperature increments of 5 degrees. It doesn't get any better than that. You got the new Onyx oven. That accommodates all the Barbecue Guru temperature control devices. Here's what you do. Head on over to bbqguru.com and check out their products. If you have any questions, don't guess. Ask them. You can call 800-288-GURU. They'll make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. That's 800-288-GURU or thebbqguru.com. The Barbecue Guru continues to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. And we are back. Horse meat if you want it. 216-220-0966. Double and triple XL. And we're back with in-studio guests as well. By the way, all guests on the Barbecue Central show appear via the Smithfield Hotline. Yummy. The only show giving you a monthly visit from a doctor of barbecue. A man actually named Meathead. The author of a barbecue bible. Bloggers, reviewers, competitors, and manufacturers by the dozens. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Hey, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Unknown Smoker Accessories. Purveyors of made-in-the-US-and-A stainless steel barbecue and lid hinges, barbecue accessory hangers, rocket-hot chimney grillers, and heavy-duty aluminum foil dispensers. The fine products from Unknown Smoker Accessories keep your gear where it needs to be at arm's length and ready for battle. Visit unknownbbq.com slash shop today. That's unknownbbq.com slash shop. And use promo code REMPY to get 15% off of your order. All right. Gang, thanks for hanging with me through the break. Hi. So is it hot as hell in here? It's getting there. It is a little toasty. It's getting warm. It must be expensive to air condition a compound that's as large as the barbecue central. Massive scale. Massive scale air conditioning. And with the walls being two feet thick of cement, I mean, it's... I got to cut somewhere, and it's cooling. That's That's exactly right. Cut comfort. That's my tag. Yep. (laughs) Right. Well, so when I was building the studio... I, you know, it was like November and I was really only hoping to get one vent in here that would blow heat because I was afraid it was going to be really cold down here because it's the basement in the winter. Mm. And I never calculated that it was at some point going to get hot. Also, I didn't calculate for the lights lights, and the computer and all this other stuff. And well, now I've learned. All right. uh, I got a question coming in for the panel. Sure. That's you guys, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's take it. Uh, what would... Okay. Uh, question for the panel if I missed it, if you covered it. What would you give up for Lent? Ribs, bacon, or brisket? None. Yeah, that's oh, what I would man. give up. Zero. Zero. I don't believe in that stuff. Okay, so hypothetically speaking... If you had to give up something for Lent, would it be ribs, bacon, or brisket? Which would you like to think I, eat the least? I think I ate so many racks of ribs. I still couldn't do it. During. <laughs> I mean, if, if, if we had to choose, Fish. though. If we had to choose. I don't know. During recipe testing, John would come to bed. With a half rack, I'd wake up really? at six in the morning. Yeah, I'd wake up at six Frank in the morning. From sunny and I'd be sitting in bed eating a half rack. I'm like, yeah. "What are you doing?" Couldn't sleep. So Sweet I would ribs. say ribs. 
I was change. I was changing my sleep schedule over to to wake up to do like the the overnight cooks. <laughs> it's the so worst. If I'd be I'd be wide awake at wow. one o'clock in the morning and generally hungry. So. But, so you were she eating was, them. You weren't oh, falling oh, asleep. No, he was, no, I was awake <laughs> like, and eating. Like, shoveling well, into his mouth. Conscious, Reynolds, conscious, so. Consciously yeah. like knowing. I'm seeing like George Costanza with a hoagie <laughs> yeah. and the yeah. nightstand. Type uh, of yeah, exactly. I mean, not that it wasn't wow. similar to that, but. Wow. It was pretty close. Yeah. I was hungry. So uh, so what were you going to give up then, John? Man, if, I guess if I had to, I would I would give up ribs. I, yeah. wouldn't, I wouldn't be all for it, but I eat a lot of brisket and a lot of bacon. Danny? I don't wow. know, man. That's a tough one. I mean, it's food. It's not like if you had kids and one my firstborn. I was going to say my firstborn. Yeah, wow. I was going to say my firstborn, but wow. I don't have kids. Like, is is um, ba- does bacon? So okay, so let's say you're on a boat ride. Okay, and bacon, brisket, and ribs are in the boat, and it topples, and all three of those have been now launched into the river, and you can only grab one. Which one are you grabbing? Ribs. Wow. See, I, in that situation, oh. I'd have to go for brisket just because of size yeah. and amount of food. Yeah. I mean, what if I was stranded on the boat ride? And now I, depends oh. on whose ribs. <laughs> in an effort to be completely... <laughs> yeah, that's a good... Yeah, it depends on who was making yeah, the ribs. You're right. Well, in an effort to be completely contradictory, I would grab bacon. After the whole bacon rant of 2014. Okay. Yeah, right? Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I, I can eat bacon all day. <laughs> have you Two had, pounds Have you had our bacon at the restaurant? No, no. Yeah, we got some going right now. Yeah, we've got some that's that's going to be on Wednesday. You'll have to come when? in this week. Is that like a regular thing? It's it's gonna we're gonna start doing it every other day. I think we oh, ran into a special couple. The rotation times. on it is pretty heavy. Yeah, it takes a while. So talk to me about the process of bacon. Our, like our bacon goes. Uh, we started off doing a wet cure and found, at least for us, that oh. a dry cure worked a lot better for a longer duration of time. So that's what we started with. We go about 12 days in a dry cure and then take it out and smoke it, slice it, and then double smoke it. Pork uh, pork belly? Pork belly, oh, yeah. yep. Where are you sourcing that? Uh, we get it all over the place. I worked, I worked wholesale in Cleveland selling food to restaurants for a while. So I found a, a lot of the wholesalers that are around that sell to restaurants and who actually is selling to the wholesalers. I think that a lot of people would be surprised they can go there with their own money and buy stuff. Really? Mm-hmm. Yep. So is it like normal bacon, or do you have it uh, succinctly flavored in a certain way? I mean, it's um, at least the bacon that we've been running recently. We've been using our dry rub, and it's a, I mean, it's a pretty simple process. I mean, we, we hit it with our dry rub. I wrap it in plastic, and we put it in pans, and I weight it down for a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. Then we take them out, rinse them off, smoke them. And so are you making, is it like a side of bacon or are you selling it by the half pound like you do your brisket? We do or? the half yep, pound, sell yeah. It by the half, every, pretty much or, everything in the restaurant you can get by the half yeah. pound. Wow. Or pound. Or pound. Or two pounds. Or, or five, five pounds, yeah. Or buy you out of it if you have the money. <laughs> exactly. Sometimes. Those are the good days. That's what? only happened a couple times where we've had people come in and buy out the entire restaurant. Well, one of us didn't show up like two weeks ago looking for brisket and then been like, yeah, they just everybody just showed up and bought all of the brisket. <laughs> that wasn't me. No, of course not. Uh, I, was, I was very happy with the pulled pork I got in oh, replacement. Right good. on. Thank you. <laughs> of course. Um, all right. So let's see. We talked about how cool Tyler Florence was. All right, let's let's go back to the Barbecue Hall of Fame thing just for one more second, just so we can put a bow on this. So what you're saying is this, <laughs> that if when in November I am giving my acceptance speech, 
Is it your advice that I'm up there being magnanimous or now is the time to use the pulpit to say, folks, the fact that I am up here is kind of weird and that the Hall of Fame has issues that I have exploited beyond belief. <laughs> and I've, you know, I think, I think maybe start soft yeah, and start then easy. finish strong. So I should be saying that more towards the end. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, you know, a little bit of, a little bit of sweetness to get people's attention. Yeah. You know, you're really excited to be here. I just flew in from Cleveland just, and my, my, my arms, arms are tired. tired. Yeah. Right. And then <laughs> bam. Hit, yeah. Yep. Hit him with the. Hit him with the hind. Hit him with. <laughs> Does anybody get that reference? Road yeah. House. Okay. Um, so, all right. Well, I mean, it's, it's good advice for when I'm elected into the barbecue. When? <laughs> in when? I, just, I just think it's funny that in you're going to knock it after you were elected into it. You're yes, going to tell them what's wrong with it. Yes, but that's that's the whole key. That's the then, you're on the, then you're on the then inside. Then you're using your platform for good. That's the impetus of the movement. Gotcha. Is that one day, well, let me catch you up. One day I was on the KCBS website, and I just happened to see over on the top left side that said uh, nominations for the Barbecue Hall of Fame. And I was like, what? Like, how many hundreds, if not thousands of people could be put in Themselves to the Barbecue are. Hall of Fame legitimately? Yeah. Why does anybody need a suggestion? Ooh. And if am I boring you, Barry? No. What? No, we just so, work. We just work long hours. We've been up for a while. I'm a salesman. I rarely work at all. So I sh- <laughs> like I get up on Wednesdays around eleven to show up at your place at noon for lunch, I and then say. I go back home for a nap. That's right. Oh, you poor yeah. thing. It was tough driving all the way out there, Aww. west of seventy one. Yikes! So you did it. Proud of you. Um, ah, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> oh yeah. So I'm like, how? If, if you're a Hall of Fame and you're asking for nominations, like, how legitimate is that? Are you really a Hall of Fame? Yeah, like, you. so my thought is, once I'm in, that the following year, I make a huge push to, like, have this huge swath of, like, 500 people in. And then we set a criteria. And it has nothing to do with uh, categories like there are now, celebrity, humanitarian, uh, pit master and business person. Those are three categories. Okay. Celebrity humanitarian, which is how I would have to get in because I'm not a pit master and I'm not, well, I mean, I'm kind of a business guy, but not really a business guy. You wipe all of that out and just say, here's a set of criteria. And if you meet it, we'll talk about it and we'll pick this many people going forward and do away with me trying to run myself into the barbecue <laughs> hall of fame. And then who votes on it? The, uh, the people that are no, already in it. No, who no, already no. In it. That's the other thing. I want to know who is voting. Yep. I want to know what the discussions are. Are you going like. to try and make it member, ba- like member based voting? Well, it's trying to go more smart. like football. Hall it of should fame. be like the sports, rights, yeah. right? Right. You're going to go like football hall of fame. Like style? Everybody knows who votes for people in the baseball hall of yeah. fame and the football hall of fame. They know what the criteria is. We should have the same thing. It shouldn't be any type of popularity. These should be the best of the best people. Now, the people that are in there already are certainly the best of the best. Yeah. But let's set a a criteria so the only thing we're talking about is, oh, well, so-and-so should have gotten in this year. Like, we all believe that Terrell Owens is probably going to get into the Football Hall of Fame. It's a sham that he didn't get in this year because people don't like his personality. That's what a lot of people are saying about him. It's because of his uh, 
you know, off the field antics and because uh, a lot of he's been yes. outed out of every team he's been on. But he's never done anything illegal. He's never done drugs. No. He's never been suspended for PEDs. He's never beaten women. He's never done anything that I think people also want to associate with him and not get him into the Football Hall of Fame. He was statistically, a hell of a receiver. I mean, statistically, there's at, yeah. no doubt about it. So at, statistically. That's what we should be talking about when it comes to the Barbecue Hall of Fame. All right, I'm with there you. we go. Um, restaurant wise, talk to me about. A normal day in barbecue restaurant tourship. I don't know I mean, if there could be a normal. As far day. as as far as like our our like hours when, per se. Yeah, when I mean, does the uh, day start? I mean, what are you doing? Danny's day starts right when my day ends. Um, he comes in and runs the night shift and handles um, meat preparation and and like uh, switching in and out and rotating of things in the box. And then me and Barry come in pre-service and go pre-service uh, all the way through. Until, uh, I mean, until Danny comes back in. I mean, that's why, like, a lot of the customers that come in, never, unfortunately, never get a chance to really meet Danny because he's kind of like the guy behind the scenes, like pulling the strings per se. What What are your like business hours? Our business hours are we right now we're going uh, eleven until eleven a.m. We open until we sell out of meat. Uh, we're generally done by four or five. Really? Yep. Some days three. I mean, yeah, some weekends. Days, some days three. Some days like I'm there for I've, that. I've generally got a little bit of pulled pork and some sausage left, and we make sure we keep the doors open for folks to come in until we're really, truly out of food. But I always tell people, the earlier you get here, the better. I agree. Danny, when do you then show up for your side of the business? Uh, I get there around between 2 and 3 a.m. Oh, my. Oh, yeah. Yeah. True and, True pit mastership. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And how much food or meat can you toss on? Like, Do you have a... Can you get everything in for the day's run in one swoop, or do you got to start cycling? No, there's got to be oh, stuff cycling. Yeah. Oh my! We we do you know. we do two full runs, um, one of which is our our ribs, our sausage, our chicken, and then the other are bigger cuts. And those go in second. Uh, the the, the, bigger big, cuts the bigger cuts, cuts, bigger cuts going first. Go yeah. first, and then we take them out and and wrap everybody and rest everybody. So talk to me about the key. Here's the issue that a lot of barbecue restaurants have to tackle. You open up, or maybe you're getting a lot of great word of mouth right off of the beginning, so you're getting a lot of uh, foot traffic, and everything's turning over pretty quickly, and you're going through the meat pretty well. But then after a month or two, it kind of starts to fade off a little bit, or whatever real life ends up being for that restaurant, uh, you start to go like this. So this is great. This sucks because now – the meat's kind of sitting there, and we all know once you start taking down a brisket or taking down a pork butt, dry out is going to happen, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. what's your key in battling – what's the key in being able to serve barbecue really great from when you open and really great until you run out of it? At least for me, I think the key is is proper holding and proper wrapping of whole cuts. I think that people are a little bit too anxious to slice up and break down and – um, you know, chop down and mix with sauce. Like big cuts are going to stay fresher longer when they're kept whole, at least in my opinion. So that's what we try and do. We try and keep all of our big cuts whole. Um, we try and, and keep everything as well wrapped as we can to try and keep as much moisture in as we can. You know, when you when you when you wrap, you what you do lose in bark, you definitely gain in moisture over a longevity of trying to hold the product. Danny, talk to me about the flavor profile that the restaurant uses. Is that something that all you guys had a lot of input in? Did you just want to try and 
keep it simple or keep it Texas or some kind of a, a regional style that you're a fan of? Talk to me about. Um, it. depends on what we're cooking too. You know, um, for our ribs, we, uh, you know, we kind of went with I would say a sweet. More, I would say more towards sweet, savory, um, little little touch of heat, and that's in our rub. Um, I mean, you've had our ribs before. Yep. Um, I'd say they're they're more on the sweeter side than the savory side. Kind um, of like a candied rib. Like a candy. They don't need sauce. In my opinion, some people think they're already sauce, which they're not. All of our food comes naked. Um, it's up to we leave it up to you guys to put sauce on. Um, our brisket, I would say, is more more of a Texas style. Let the beef speak for itself. Yeah. Um, you know, get good meat. Um, it starts beef, you know, I, in my opinion with barbecue, a lot of times, um, the meal has been decided before you even cook it because it, it starts with quality. You know, if you get quality products and you know your techniques, um, and you, you use good wood and you know how to maintain your fire, um, you're going to come up with a good product, you know, just treat it well after it comes out of the box too. I think that's a big part of it is the holding. One of the things that I found unique in your pit or I'm sorry, in your rib preparation, is the fact that you do brine the ribs. And I've asked on my barbecue roundtables before, pitmasters, because, you know, injecting is really big with briskets Mm. and with pork butts. I think Mm. a lot of people have started actually getting into injecting pieces of chicken, if not the whole bird. Um, There's a sponsor of my show that does a lot of poultry injections. But I've asked people, have you ever brined (laughs) a rib? And I guess the biggest concern when brining ribs that I've been told is, eh, if we brine rib or you screw it up or you leave it in too long, you're going to get a hammy tasting rib. But you guys brine ribs to great success, I might add. I mean, they have a great texture. They have a great flavor. But can you run that uh, danger zone of having hammy rib? If you don't pay attention to it, for yeah. sure. You have to make Definitely. sure that you take them out of the brine. Yep. It'll have to go country ham on you real fast. Yep. That's, that's really, definitely really right. That's definitely true. Is there a big learning curve to that, or is it just the matter of setting a timer and well, listening for it? We're we're both. I mean, all three of us really. We're a little bit nerdy when it comes to food. So, I mean, we took we took our ribs and we you know we we separated three cases and took them into the brine and left them in the brine for different times, um, a different level of intensity in each brine per time. I mean, we're we're weirdos. I mean. It took a while for these ribs. Yeah, it, it took was a, definitely like a, lots and lots of recipe testing. Yeah, we were we did, we did recipe te- recipe testing on the rib recipe for better part of two years. Two years. Yep. Two years. Wow. So we used different woods at different temperatures. Um, we used different kinds of smokers, and what we found, at least for our style of barbecue, is that we pref- we preferred using a Southern Pride smoker um, for the the type of barbecue that we're doing and the amount of barbecue that we're yep. doing. Uh, Barry, talk to me about the biggest pitfalls of restaurant ownership that you didn't plan for. Obviously, you go and try and hammer out as much as you possibly can before the doors swing open. But like, what are one of the two biggest things that you didn't account for that you've had to overcome since you've been open? Oh, geez. Um, I'd probably say planning in the morning is the hardest. Initially, when we first opened, like... Getting everything set so we could actually open the doors at 11, not having that big rush around of, you know, uh, we've got meat still in the smoker and we're not quite ready to pull it yet. Um, So coming off of that um, and figuring out just right where the right times are uh, was really helpful. Especially seasonally. Yeah, exactly. When when it's cold out, the smoker, uh, you know, she's done a good job so far, you know, with this mild winter we've been having. But uh, there have been some cold days where we definitely have had to put another two hours or three hours on a smoke. And, 
you definitely pay for it when you first open up the doors and you know you don't have your briskets ready and people are freaking out. Mm-hmm. So. There, were, there was like a, a week period where we were <laughs> negative 10 degrees where oh, yes. yeah, it was really bad. playing with our smoker. Yeah. Do you have, is it quickly uh, or readily available to you to, to assess what kind of traffic is going to be showing up every day? Um, you can kind of gauge definitely like weekends are always busier for us. You know, the people who can't get there during the week can get there on a Saturday or Sunday. And we, we, we definitely, we, once spring and summertime comes around, we have the capacity to cook more meat. It's just a matter of, we, we don't like serving next, like the, today's barbecue tomorrow. We don't. I would rather run out of pulled pork than have pulled pork left over and trying to have to find different things to do to it with a lesser quality product the next day. That's just, that's not the way we like to do it. We like to keep it fresh. We are very simple, very straightforward cooks. Um, we, that shows through in our barbecue, you know, it's not overly done or overly sauced, overly spiced. Um, we just really try and cook it as perfectly as we know how to cook it and, and go from there. And that means having to cook smaller batches with, which sometimes people get upset at the end of the day when like, what do you mean you don't have any more brisket? Like, I mean, I mean. We cooked yeah. 500 pounds of meat today. Yeah, <laughs> like we cooked 500. <laughs> sorry I'm about sorry it. that I sell my 500 pounds of meat too fast for you. Like you got to get in early. Well, this isn't a real restaurant. You're right. It's not. It's a smokehouse. Smoke it's house. not a real right. restaurant. Well, it, which is it, hard to swallow sometimes looking at a guest and telling them that you're not a real restaurant, that you're a smokehouse after going to school to be a chef. That was, yep. I don't know, that was a little weird in the beginning yeah. for me. Well, I've, you know, and I think it just goes to show that what's happening down or what has happened down in Texas for generations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Open at 11 and as soon as that last morsel gets, you know, dropped down, you pull down the shade and it says come back tomorrow. Yep. Um yeah. Aaron Franklin has had no shortage of people waiting 3 and 4 hours Absolutely. in line for his barbecue. Worth it. I'm telling you right now. That's I, no way in hell I would wait 3 and or 4 hours. For barbecue there's not something del- it was delicious. Something chemical has to happen. For me, when I put that brisket in my mouth, yeah, but I mean, come on. I mean, that's like, here's here's what I think. I'm sure the food is absolutely dynamic. uh, There's no way I'm going to disrespect it like that. But I think there has been so much hullabaloo about this line and how people (laughs) go and it's tailgate and they sell beer and you're hiring – you know, kids to wait a line for you, which they've gone ahead and banned that, yeah. which is a, a, a shame on uh, capitalism. <laughs> but awesome. if you wait for three or four hours, are you going to turn around to somebody and say, that was shit? No, of course not. You can't say that. You've committed half your day to <laughs> yeah. waiting in line, right? I think I think exactly the opposite of that. I think, really? I do. I think if people were waiting in line for three or four hours. It's got to be good. John and, would be the person to like wait in three hours if it was terrible. He'd be like, this is some bullshit. I would and, do that. <laughs> you've had it. Yeah, I've had it. It's I, It was absolutely worth the wait that we had. Really? I mean, oh, my goodness. It was really good. And we make really good briskets. Really yeah. good. Really, really like the best barbecue that we know how, but. I don't know. There's a a certain softness to the to the brisket that he has. He must it, massage all of. Them. I don't know what he does to it, but it, he gets, it really turns out great. Sweet hands. Yeah. Gets, it's probably the animals he gets, though, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, he's the only one getting them. Like you get all that yep. wood from whoever your food manicurist is. He's the only one getting his yep. uh, brisket. Whoever he's getting them from. Yeah. We're work. We're working on trying to slowly but surely move our uh, like our purchasing to, towards more local. Um, we, we started getting some sausages from Ohio city provisions and seeing what those guys do down there. I mean, that's just inspiring for any, for any cook. 
I would encourage anybody to go down there and see what those guys do and get a little bit closer to their food. They got a great job. All right. Uh, stand job. by. We'll be uh, right back with John, Barry, and Danny talking more barbecue restaurant stuff. Uh, folks, the Chops Power Injector System. We have that. That didn't work. <laughs> it's a mother. There we go. Uh, the Chops Power Injector System is the 2015 and 2016 Barbecue Tool of the Year. From backyard cooks like me to restaurateurs like John, Barry, and Danny to backyard chefs. Hey, each patent-pending Chops Power Injector System features not one, not two, but four needles evenly spaced. Let me tell you about them. The number one seller is the half-gallon Chops Power Injector System designed for competition or to pump up the backyard warrior. Easy to use. Clean to fill it, pump it, and away you go. If you have just one brisket or pork shoulder, you don't need to fill it all the way up. Just put in what you need. It will use it all. It comes with 14-gauge needles, two replacement plastic needle adapters, three plug screws, and a needle protector. 100 bucks plus you pay shipping. Then you have the one-gallon Chops Power Injector System. Designed for catering and bigger jobs. It will hold double the amount of the half-gallon system. Some use it in competitions, like when you're cooking MBN whole hog, or maybe you're cooking 10 shoulders to get that perfect one. 14-gauge needles, two replacement plastic needle adapters, three plug screws, and a needle protector, 120 bucks plus shipping on this one. And then you have the Chops Full Power Injector System. It's electric and is the commercial and competition big daddy. This is not a holding tank like the other two, but instead a three-and-a-half-foot pickup tube that you can put in any size container, from a few ounces to a 55-gallon drum. It was originally designed for Chef Rob at the best barbecue restaurant in Kansas City, and he has said time and time again that with the Chops full-power injector system, his briskets are better than ever. It comes with metal needle adapters, 14-gauge needles, 3-inch, 12-gauge needles, 2-inch, 11-and-a-half-gauge needles, three plug screws, and a needle protector. It's 325 bucks plus you pay shipping. A number of the top pitmasters in the world are using the CPI system every day to make their barbecue better than the rest. Because here's the deal. We live in a foodie world that now requires flavor in every bite. This is how you do it and do it fast. And it's not just for meat. How about an alcohol-infused watermelon or cantaloupe or honeydew or a very large kiwi? Every injector hand-assembled in Kansas City, Missouri, USA. Extra accessories, you want them, they got them. You want to shoot medium ground spices, they got you covered for that. They have a great upgrade you can buy to make your chops power injector bulletproof. Metal needle adapters. Need I say more? The chops power injector system gives your barbecue some power. Barbecue Kansas City, B-A-R-B-E-Q, B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E.com. That's barbecuekansascity.com. Check them out. They got their own barbecue restaurant in Kansas City as well, Chops Barbecue. All right, we are back. Right after this, if you want a horse meat t-shirt, call in 216-220-0966. We're back with Barry, John, and Danny right after this. Stick around. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, we are back. The biggest name in pork is bringing you great opportunities this barbecue season. Get Smoking with Smithfield in their grant program and committed cooks program. Learn more at smokingwithsmithfield.com. All guests on the Barbecue Central Show appear via the Smithfield Hotline. 
Bahar B. Q. Is in the house. Let me see if I got any important emails that showed up. No. No. <laughs> Nobody wants a, a horse meat t-shirt. Wow. That's lame. Well, I... I, I want one. I figure that, uh, you know, even though it's internet show, that people still have that fear of calling it. I think there's... You ever heard the old adage that, like, 3 or 10% of people that are actually listening to any radio show are the ones that actually call in? You hear them call in all the time? <laughs> yeah. Everybody else is, I'm not doing that. That was, that was my dad. He was that way. He was calling the show guy? He was always calling the show guy. Really? Yeah. All right. I like that. I'm sometimes calling the show guy, depending on what I'm listening to and if I feel I can bring any value to the conversation. Or humor. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, so, restaurant topic-wise, from a business standpoint, I mean, how long have you guys had the doors open officially? Four um, months. Yeah, a little months. over four months. A little over four October months. October 18th, I think? 19th. 19th, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, are we, uh, let's say, profitable right now? We're, uh, I mean, we're working on it we're be- s- because we did all of it on our own. Like, it's a little bit harder to, for us to dig out of the hole. So we're, uh, we're tr- still trying to organize, like, you know, how much, how much we're comfortable paying ourselves versus how much we have going out versus it's, it's, it's a juggle, you know, it's just like any small business owner. I mean, we have good days, have bad days. Most of them are pretty good days though. I yeah. assume that like there's a, uh, a benchmark of receipts that you would like to see every day in order to. Well, that's, I mean, we, we base our pars off of, of how much money we need to make to pay the bills every day. Yeah. So that's, that's basically what we go on. I mean, we're, we're just trying to make enough money to, you know, to support ourselves and have a, have the doors open. Yeah. Have the, keep the, well, obviously keep the doors yeah. open in the restaurant too, but you know, maintain a, a fair lifestyle and, you know, have good food, fair prices. What kind of a continued uh, interest level and reaction are you getting from your consumer base? Um, we, we've gotten a lot of good local support. I mean, I would, I would think we get a lot of good out of town support. I mean, some people yeah, drive, yeah, drive from like Maslin or, uh, we had a, we've, we've had a couple, um, come up with their family now from Mansfield six times. Six times. Wow. And bought like eight quarts of potatoes. Yeah. They're awesome. Had a little party in the back and, uh, with the, the furthest away is, but I think it's been Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, they're they're just coming to you, or they're they're in town and no, they've heard just, about you. Just, just coming, just us. coming to eat. Really? Yeah. yeah. I was surprised too. Yep. That's a that is a hike. Yeah. Can I, can a I bit. Get, yeah. It's, it's, for it's further than Wycliffe. Yeah. Yeah. A bit, a bit further. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Comparable. But I'm surprised they let you. I'm surprised they let you build such a sizable compound here in the city. I well, thought this was a Costco. All right. Well. <laughs> all right. Breaking news. I own half of Wickwood. Oh, okay. Congratulations. Oh, nice. That makes more sense. That's how you're getting in the hall. Well, if you have $28, you could own the other. <laughs> um, Menu-wise, guys, um, you know, when I talk about when I open my restaurant, mm-hmm. it's going. We, I think we had this conversation. It's going to be like the uh, <coughs> abandoned Tasty Freeze. It's not going to be anywhere yeah. that would even remotely be acclaimed a restaurant no servers none of that yeah Mm -hmm. walk up and when i'm out i'm out same thing like you guys are doing yeah but i would never you go into some of these barbecue restaurants and you're like what the hell you got eight pages of menu and it's all over the board and it seems like they're trying to appease everybody's palate instead of really sticking to the nuts and bolts or the meat and potatoes Mm -hmm. of the situation 
So when you were talking about menu generation, what kind of conversations were going on amongst you guys? Uh, we keep definitely wanted to keep it simple. That was that was our, our big mainstay was not overdoing it, not being one of those places that, you know, had all those bizarre flavor profiles and it wasn't accessible to the average human. Yeah, and we wanted we wanted to make it something that was very approachable for everybody, uh, and and something that would maintain a certain price point too, like so that it, it wasn't just, uh, how can I put that? Like more of like a fine dining crowd coming in. We want well, everybody to can eat there. Everybody can eat there. Yeah. Do you? So do you have like the standby menu items right now, and then every once in mm-hmm. a while you throw in the the special like this bacon, or I know sometimes you have meatloaf, uh, yeah, you know, the, things of this nature. The bacon and the meatloaf were will uh, as we gain more staff because right now it's just Danny and myself that are cooking, and then Barry takes care of all of the customer interaction and dealing with upfront. So we're we're uh, we're really just two hands trying to make as much barbecue as we possibly can. Most days we're pretty successful, yeah, but. Uh, but they're going to become regular items, yeah, the bacon be, and the meatloaf. We're getting one, a lot of good response from it. Once we come into spring and summertime, we're going to hire some more folks. That'll, that'll free us up to take care of a lot more specials. We ran, sure. a, we ran a pancetta over uh, uh, the first two, three weeks we were open. Yeah. It was really successful. Uh, we ran a pastrami. That was awesome. Uh, yeah. But this, really the smoked meatloaf and the bacon is really what we've gotten the most reaction from people out of. Do you have a projected five-year plan? Like, if we're meeting again together in five years, where would we like this conversation to? Go? Well, I mean, o- always right here at the, at the the Barbecue Central Show compound, of course. Hopefully, we get together sooner than five years. But like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But, you know, I mean, do you see like five uh, years? We see spice lines. Do you and... see ten restaurants, all company owned. Do you I mean, see franchise opportunities. You I hope see, you're just in business. Like, I what? see a bigger, a, a much bigger space and a bigger production space than what we have right now in Parma. But not necessarily like but, a ton of yeah we barabikus. Would, we would like to keep this something where we can control the quality. Yep. And control what's going out to our customers and kind of like a. I guess, I guess, like streamline our quality across all of the restaurants. We want to open a commissary kitchen, and we'd like to have uh, definitely beer. Yep, yeah, beer. definitely, beer. definitely beer. Sure, I definitely like beer. beer. Me too. Uh, I have a question coming in from the chat room that Let's is asking me, Greg, how big of vats or barrels do they use to brine the ribs in? That must be large. Oh God, those they things are, are big white Lexans. Yeah, the white Lexans are. They're probably about four like, feet. By about three feet high. I could probably comfortably curl up in a curl up in You could brine a human in it. Yeah, you could brine a berry in there. All right. Uh, so there you go, David. If you're listening, uh, you can brine a berry in there. Yeah, <laughs> we, can fit, we, can, we can safely fit three cases of ribs inside. Oh, at in, one time. In, inside of one Oof. of them. Yeah, two, yeah, three cases. And there's still room on, there's still definitely room on top. So. It's just a, a matter of lifting it. We don't want to go too, too much because right. then nobody can lift it. Yeah, I was going to say, is there like a small handling crane in the walk? <laughs> We don't. <laughs> we don't want to. We want them to smash each other either. Yeah. So we try to do only case at a time in each each one. We started off with the big laxons, and then we've moved down to to bust tubs because we don't brine them for a really long time. I'm just reacting to somebody maybe wanting a horse meat T-shirt. Nice. Maybe we can give some thumbs are, up. How are more people not on the horse meat uh, T-shirts right I, now? I want one. I just yeah, know I'm going to be a dress. Do you think people me? are shy because you're saying that there's only two X or three X? Uh, I, I, I don't know. I think people are shy because they don't want to have to call in and potentially 
game. Ask for a t-shirt. Yeah, Get I mean, out they, there, world. They have, to, they have the game to win. You know, you got to answer three questions. Don't right be out scared of five. to game, ladies and gentlemen. You know, who knows? So the we'll game see. is fun. You get lifelines, though. What do you think about from a, from just a generic advice sense? People are coming into the restaurant all the time. I'm sure you get this question. How do I make a good brisket? <laughs> Take your time. Yeah, but it, there has to be more than that. I've taken a lot of time and had some really boot leather esque. <laughs> Take your time. Control, don't, control your heat. Make sure, make sure that your temperature stays where you need it to be. Be patient. Yeah, patience is really it. And it old keep, keep the door. Yeah, keep if the you door were looking, closed. You ain't cooking. Keep the damn keep door, the door closed. <laughs> well, Meathead Goldwyn has dispelled the "if you're looking, you ain't cooking" myth. Why? Because of how fast some cookers rebound. Uh. Yes. Well, some some cookers don't rebound that fast. So for the majority of people cooking at their houses, yep. If you're looking, you're not cooking. Uh-oh. It takes some some of those cookers take a long time to get back up to temperature. These is fine words. Head. All right, here we go. We got it. We might have a we might have a caller on the line here. Uh, area code. Here it comes. Uh, who's on the line? Is anybody on the line? Yes, this is Patrick. Patrick. Hello, Patrick. Patrick, we have the folks from Bara Biku here. There it is. Nice job. Yeah, excellent. I, I, I have been. I have Me two hours. I'll get it. All right, um, Patrick. You want to play uh, in order to win a game uh, or a horse meat T-shirt? Go for the horse meat. You you have three X horse meat T-shirts. I must have one. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Hold on. What, what game? Uh, what game do you want to play? Uh, Patrick, you want to play athlete or porn star, winery or rehab or cheese or font? Well, considering considering that I have been in about 13 rehabs in my life, I think nice. winery or rehab I would love be a perfect. Good job. All, All right. right. Go. So, I mean, rehabs for quitters. Usually the, uh, <laughs> usually the athlete and porn star one is the most appropriate because the centralites so. are uh, inherently pervs. <laughs> Greg, the problem is that I am both an athlete and a porn star. I knew it. An athlete and a porn star. I I love it. His uh, barbecue competition name is Hot Beef Injection. (laughs) Less is more. We have uh, Patrick on the line. Patrick, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I don't know. My name is Patrick. I am. uh, Many people call me Basic Patrick as I am the fit master of the basic BBQ team out of Hyannis, Massachusetts. All right. Nice. Ready to play and the I, game? And, I, I, and my most famous accomplishment is not testifying before Congress. My most famous accomplishment, accomplishment is being the first in-studio guest in the new studio. That's right. And, uh, That's absolutely right. All right, here we go. Hey. All right, Patrick, we're playing winery or rehab for a <laughs> triple XL T-shirt. And you have help if needed. Here's your first winery or rehab Indian Creek winery or rehab wow um, I'm going to say winery alright winery we'll lock them in gang do you think uh, winery or rehab what do you think I was going to say winery alright John rehab, rehab. winery alright we got a mixed boat here Patrick uh, Indian Creek is winery. Yay! All right. One for one. Here we go. Next one. Harmony Hill. 
Is Harmony Hill a winery or re- Sounds like rehab. <laughs> Harmony Hill is, I believe, a rehab. All right. Guys, uh, winery, rehab? It definitely sounds like a sounds rehab. Sounds like a rehab. All right, very good. We'll lock you in, Patrick, on rehab. That, of course, is winery. Oh. That's all right. One right, one wrong. Here we go. Next one. Oh, shit. Wrong button. Yeah, that happens. Um... Talk to me, Patrick, about the old firehouse. The old firehouse. Winery or rehab? Old firehouse. That's got to be a winery. All right. You guys over winery. in the studio? Winery? Go winery. Winery. John? I'm, I'm going to go rehab. Right. Yeah, I was going to say, that sounds like a great rehab. You want to uh, change your answer, Patrick? No, I, I'm going to stick I'm gonna stick with winery. All right. Lock you in. That sounds like a great. That sounds like a great seven dollar bottle of wine. <laughs> <laughs> the old firehouse is winery. Yay! All right, you got two right. Here we go. Last one. Potentially, you have one in the backup just in case you need it. Tell me, Patrick, for all of the marbles here on this one, is Stone Crest. A winery or rehab. Stonecrest. Oh. Now I'm gonna play the pattern game all here, right, all right. and I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with winery because it's everyone has been a winery, and I think we're on a pattern. So oh, oh, I'm gonna oh, go winery. Oh, okay. Uh, at, um, I'm sorry, Barry. What do you think? Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, rehab just to play devil's advocate. John, I'm, I'm gonna have to say winery here. Gotta gotta say winery. And Danny. Winery. Winery? Okay. Ran out of music. Very unprofessional. All right, Patrick. You have uh, two of the three saying winery here in the studio. So let's see. Lock you in on that. Stonecrest is indeed a winery. Good job, fellas. Yay, everybody. Patrick, awesome. Patrick has done it, so all you have to do is send me your shipping info, and I will send you what I believe is the last remaining Triple X Horse Me T-shirt. What's the caveat here, Patrick? Oh, I gotta, I gotta wear it and post it on social media. You gotta wear it in crowds of roughly two to five hundred people minimum. <laughs> nice. All right. I know you can do that because you go to a lot of barbecue Greg? competitions. Yeah. Greg. Yeah. Greg. Yes. I'm gonna wear it in front of my barbecue central banner at the first oh, competition yes. this year and spam it on social media. Where is that gonna be? Nice. Um, our first competition is going to be it's called the Boss Farag Barbecue Competition Boss down Farag. in um, Maryland, uh, and it's going to be in mid-April. All right. Well, uh, you'll have that shirt nicely broken in and ready to wear. Thanks for calling in, Patrick. Absolutely. Thank you, you Greg. Got, there he is. That's Patrick right there. He won. Go, Patrick. Good job, Patrick. Triple X, by the way. I've seen that guy. He's all triple X. It's still barbecue medium, isn't it? Yeah, barbecue medium. That's right. Barbecue medium. All right. uh, We will be back to close the show here in just one second. Let me talk to you quickly about Pit Barrel Cooker. All right? Guys, I don't know if you've seen this or not, but let me talk to you quickly about it. Pulling the trigger on a new cooker can be a little nerve-wracking sometimes. Temperature control, fire management, what woods to use. Who needs the hassle might I strongly suggest a pit barrel cooker? 
The pit barrel makes cooking simple and fun, and it just might be the most unique, versatile, and easy-to-use cooker available on the market today. Imagine a single cooker that will be able to turn out great traditional barbecue meats like brisket, pork shoulders, and ribs, while also being able to ramp up and tempt to do those burgers, chicken wings, and hot dogs. The versatility all thanks to the revolutionary design that goes beyond traditional convection. Their hook-and-hang method places the food in the center of the heat, so it's acting like a stationary rotisserie. The result, great-tasting, perfectly-cooked meat each and every time in the industry. We call it consistency. Not only is the pit barrel fabulous cooking vessel, it's aesthetically sexy as well. It's built to withstand heat thanks to its porcelain enamel finish. The pit barrel is able to withstand any type of weather condition as well. Of course, it's extremely portable. It fits in the back of most trucks, vans, and SUVs, so it's ready to go wherever you are. You have all the accessories you want. Rubs, the unique removable ash pan, the pit grips, turkey hangers, hinged grill grates, the really cool coffee mugs that look like pit barrels, the beer koozies, you name it, they got it. And the best part, for $299, the pit barrel comes fully assembled, ready to cook on, and ships free right to your door. Not only does the cooker ship free, but with so few returns, everything they sell ships for free to the lower 48 states. Every day, no promo code or coupon needed. Don't take my word for it. The folks at Amazing Ribs are gushing, giving it their gold rating. That's the highest rating, by the way. Not once, not twice, but three years in a row. Head on over to pitbarrelcooker.com. That's pitbarrelcooker.com and see what everybody's talking about. Be sure to check out their full collection of short how-to videos and then pick up one or two for yourself. You'll thank me later. If you have any questions, contact them through their website or call 502-228-1222. That's 502-228-1222. And yes, they will actually talk to you. Find out what great customer service is all about when you check out pitbarrelcooker.com. That's pitbarrelcooker.com. I will be hanging out with Noah and Amber from Pit Barrel at the HPB Expo this weekend. So whatever booth number that is, I may or may not be there as I'm walking the show as well. But, you know, let me know where you're at. All right, we're back to wrap it up right after this. Stick around. I'll be right back. Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you've found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpy. All right, here we go. Right up to the finish line, we race. Hey, And uh, we're here with the, is it three owners? Co 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 owners, how do we how do we uh, introduce ourselves for that? I guess technically it's John and Danny, and I'm just in there by proxy. By proxy, <laughs> what does that even mean? I don't know. By John, I guess. By John. Yeah. By Johnny. Are you sure? That's terrible. By proxy. <laughs> <laughs> Bara B Koo is the place where we need to be if we're in Parma. Or if we're in Connecticut and we want a, <laughs> drive. Quick, a quick bite of barbecue. You know. Just a sh- very short drive it's from Connecticut. It's a hop, skip, and a 12-hour drive. Besides all of it, what's your favorite meat that you make? Oh, God. I'm the, I'm the, the pulled pork fan. I do that every yeah. day for lunch. Very good. The, John? Ribs for me. Ribs for you. Danny? Ribs. Really? Yeah. Yeah. D- do people have a fascination with brisket right now? Is brisket yeah. like the bacon of its time? Brisket's... I, I think that a lot of people come in and initially start by trying our brisket, but very quickly move on to other menu stuff, mostly because we feed folks when they come in. Yep. We try and that's the best way to get to know our clientele and to introduce what it is that we do. 
Yeah, and our ribs sell out every day. And the ribs are awesome. The ribs go quick. They go really quick. You guys got a website? You want to pimp? Oh, we've got a Facebook page. We've got a Facebook page. Yeah, right. come like us on Facebook. Dot com slash oh, barbecue gosh. barbecue. Yeah, barbecue barbecue. Yep. Barbecue barbecue. All right. At what Facebook? It's Facebook forward slash. Facebook.com slash barbecue barbecue. BBQ. Sweet. All right. This is Poorly timed ID right there. Center. That was supposed to happen like an hour ago. That's right. All right. Uh, it's let's go ahead and wrap this bad boy up. Um, all the way back in the first hour, we never talked with Max Good from Amazing. Never happened. But Barry is here, and John is here, and Danny is here, talking about their fabulous barbecue restaurant located in Parma, Ohio. Bara Biku. You can find them on the Facebooks. Friend them up. And uh, guys, hopefully you enjoyed your oh, time this here. Thanks for having here, us. I, honored to be I'm here. Happy definitely. to have you. Anytime you want to jump back in, one, two, three, ten of you, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. you, you can tell we have plenty of space. So much space in the oh, compound. Yeah, yeah. I was I was surprised at how high the ceilings are too. It's yeah, high ceilings. Yes. Fifty foot ceilings. Fifty cathedral, foot, right? Is yeah. it fifty? I was thinking the sixty. Has to be taller than cathedral. I'm surprised. It reminded me of the Sistine Chapel. I'm surprised <laughs> the heat. Yes. I'm surprised the heat comes down because yeah, the makes it down the spot. So hot. Yeah. Uh, as we say each and every show, September 11th, 2001, I will never forget. We have a great show lined up for you next Tuesday, and we hope to see you then. And until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American Greg Rempe. Good night now.